0: Log talk
1: radio well where's my theme?, oh, i do it manually what happened all right hang on let me uh let me play the opening theme i got any mic card maybe that hope that was a what's causing it. all right let me see my life this is uh yeah i'm alive all right of course you never know because we don't have the uh, uh the things yet the uh the, the audio we uh, you know the things i'm talking about all right let's see if this works Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Actually, this does sound clearer. Maybe maybe there's there's something to that. Uh, So a couple of times in the last... One or two weeks we had a we had an issue with the uh, um the fact that i had to call in my own show by cell phone which i you know that's the backup all right i i don't sound good i'd much rather use my microphone because that's why i have a microphone right um but uh but sometimes you have to do what you have to do and because not everything works out exactly as planned and so that's what we had. but i got a new mic cord now and it sounds fabulous and so hopefully this is getting a much better signal to you but uh, sometimes when you do things i'm not sure why or what happens, but every once in a while the uh, the audio clips decide that they don't want to play my opening. <laughs> now I have to go, and I don't know until it's not playing. <laughs> okay, it's one of those things. So then I have to go back and, and take a look. Um, so of all of you who are thinking of doing your own radio show and you think you just, yeah, just turn on the mic and away you go and just start talking, baby. No, there's a lot more to it than that. It gets much more complicated. All right, I want to take Johnson's call right away. We've got, uh, again, our Monday schedules have changed a little bit. So it's 8 o'clock a.m. Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, uh 7 Mountain, 5 Six Pacific, I think. So, yeah, that's right. Anyway, so uh, but Jonathan's not feeling that well, so uh, you know, a scratchy voice and everything like that. Jonathan, thanks for 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 calling in, but I hear you're not doing too well. So, uh, like I say, stay as long as you want. But uh, if you don't feel like it, just you know, I've got plenty of stuff. How you doing?
2: Um, all right. I've also got to write a uh, a pleading for someone.
1: Oh, can I help? Which, uh,
2: no, I don't think so. Um, but um, oh. it's relatively short, but relatively important.
0: Okay. got um,
1: voices in the background are, are you? Is there something playing near you? Are you in a cafe? Are you where uh, you know? Where are you?
0: These <laughs> oh, days, better.
2: without the remote, you can't you can't turn off the TV without knowing where the remote is. Anyway, okay. So
1: <laughs> you lost a remote. I'm sorry, that's just funny.
2: Well, it all—I mean, I always lose the remote. It's like, um, oh. you know, it's—I uh, don't know—got kind of like a slithering away.
1: Yeah, you need like a mission central or mission control, as I have here. So I got my desk. I've got my my microphone, yeah, which I, I push really off like to, to the to side. Have something that needs. Yeah, computer. So that when, uh, I when the TV for TV. news. I'll show you my setup sometime. I'll take a picture and send it to you. But I've got I've got one of these right-angle desks. So I've got a main desk here with a couple of shelves. And I've got a, a table beside me uh, for a lot of stuff there. And that's where the food goes. <laughs> so I keep the food and the computer separate. Then I've got a TV for news. And I've got a pretty good setup here. It, it, it's actually really organized. So all the remotes are in one place. The remotes are well, on the that's... shelf. <laughs> he goes, you know, despite the, the scattered well, that, way that I got on to the find,
2: show. I've got to get. I've got to find a place to stay and get set up. Mm -hmm. Um, where um, um, you know, but it's a pain in the neck because all the advertisements turn out to be scams for apartments and things like that. So, um, yeah, I want to get all set. That's what I'm really looking forward to is getting everything set up like that and uh, having a big TV for my my computer and everything like that. Anyway, so where are we? Um, I, I apologize. I'm really tired, but um <clears throat> I had some thoughts of course. Um I forget the short thing I was going to say which is probably a, a good thing. But uh what did you want to um what did you want to focus on you think? I think Twitter is blowing up and of course we talked couple months ago about this Supreme Court case that the left is, is, you know, exploding their heads over. Um, They're just like, it's the end of the world. Um, And we could talk about that some more because even though we did mention it a couple months ago, it's such a big issue for um, for some of these, you know, for the left, that it's worth... uh, worth focusing on a bit but then you also wanted to do i i don't know if i uh feel feel up to you know deciding the 2024 primary election you were interested in that what were you thinking
1: well i'm thinking that uh i got a short circuit again with my uh with my speaker here and so i'm on my cell phone again and so i got a i got a beautiful new mic cord but what happens with, with blog talk sometimes is the signal just shorts out And, you know, once I hear it through the computer, I can't get back to it. So I got to find I got to talk to Blog Talk and figure out how I can get back to my microphone once this happens. Because I have to do the whole show on cell phone again. And it's not the mic port. I just bought a new one. It's not the mic. That one's been working fine, too. So something's wrong. Something happens along the way. I've got to find out what it is that causes that. Because it's it's really driving me crazy. I hate doing the show on on cell phone. There's no reason to. I've got a perfectly good microphone. I got a perfectly good computer that works fine the rest of the time. But for some reason on Blockcock, when I, you know, I'll just, as soon as I hear, once I hear my voice through the, um, through the speakers, the computer speakers, when the microphone's plugged in, it just, it just doesn't work. Uh, there's something that just goes and I don't know what it is, but I got to figure that out anyway. So I got a lot of things to talk about, but it just depends on, 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 uh, you know, how you feel. All right. So now I've done my venting out of the way. I can move my microphone off. I hate doing this. All right.
0: So yeah, I don't what I want to talk
1: about is it's crazy. The first thing I want to talk about is is this whole idea of, of uh, you know, the deep state is pushing DeSantis to try and rival Trump. They're gonna do anything to get rid of Trump. And I remember you had a comment not too long ago um, <laughs> saying that uh, you're not a big Trump fan and you think DeSantis might be a better candidate at this particular time. So I want to talk about that. No, too.
2: that's that's no, see that's the that's the the false um, the false alternative it's just just because you know just because i think trump uh desantis is a good candidate doesn't mean i'm against trump and that's where that's why i think they're trying to create this false conflict and as i've seen since you know since i was involved since 1984 that um in, in politics that the media and the left is always trying to do this and we shouldn't fall for the scam they're always trying to um you know, to stir up this conflict um, among conservatives. They'll go to a, you know, they'll go to a, a Republican and say, you know, another another Republican called you a duty head. And what do you think about that? And then, then the guy will say something nasty back. And then, you know, before you know it, we've got, you know, a fight going on when, you know, the whole thing was phony to begin with. And, you know, d- my thinking is we've got to you know we've got to notice these things, like you know how how many times are we going to see see this scam before we go, you know what? this is a scam um, and uh so the whole that's like the whole thing with Yunkin, you know in Virginia, Governor Yunkin um never guessed what happened was is that and I was in Virginia, so of course, when you watch the the campaign commercials in the states. <laughs> you, um, you got a more focused view you than you do nationally. You see the, the the tremendous, and you know the Democrats and the independent expenditures. They're constantly, um, we're constantly, um, trying to tie Yunkin to Trump. So there's mm-hmm. there's no possibility of of young, Governor you know Glenn Yunkin. Distancing himself from Trump. What it did was is, and, and, and you know, during the primary, um, Glenn Youngkin was not the favorite candidate of Trump um, loyalists. He was okay, but he was not a man to chase. And some other people right. were considered more, more mega, more, more Trump-supporting. And so this massive onslaught of Youngkin is Trump um actually strengthened youngkin with the trump base and it allowed
1: rid of him and it actually ended up backfiring on them that's funny that's fascinating Mm -hmm. yeah i think i remember that now yeah
2: and and what happened was this this allowed this freed youngkin up to go after the suburban women and soccer moms Mm -hmm. because 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 he had the trump base he was now free to reach out to other constituencies. It wasn't because he didn't like Trump. It wasn't because he rejected their policies. It was because he had that sector sewn up. And, you know, and so, but they're always, you know, they were always trying to say that Youngkin's victory is a rejection of Trump. I mean, everything is always, I mean, this goes back for as long as I've been watching politics, that, um, everything is always a reason to never nominate a conservative again as a Republican nominee. You know, if there's a comet in the sky, that means we can never um, nominate a conservative. If, if, you know, there's a rainstorm. See, I told you, you shouldn't uh, nominate a conservative. I mean, there always... <laughs> I mean, when when you see this stuff over and over and over again, at some point, you're going to go, Hol, hold on, wait a minute. This is just, you know, over... This is just a pattern here. and And so so they're always saying that every, everything is a reason why. Um, and the other, the other scam is, is that they always personalize it to the latest conservative. So, so they say, well, they're talking about Trump. But they always do that. They've always singled out um, the, the most prominent conservative of the day and, you know, and made them the symbol, which is Alinsky, Alinskyite. Um, right. so when they attack conservatives, they always personalize it. Um, you know, back to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was I had a guy come up to me in a debate and say Ronald Ronald Whistle, Ronald Wilson Reagan was six six six.
1: Oh, I six heard letters. That, that's,
2: that's fun. Yeah. I mean I mean they not today it's useful to say, Well, Ronald Reagan wouldn't support it. You know the current conservative of the day, but back then they attacked him as you know as the antichrist, and mm-hmm. you know so they're always so you say well they're they're attacking Trump, but they're always attacking the most pro- the greatest threat to the left is always mm-hmm. the symbolic target. So that's that's what I what I think is that is that. Yeah. Um, DeSantis, I, I saw DeSantis at CPAC. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to say that I, I think he was he was the best from that from that appearance and from everything else I've seen he he is probably the best politician I've ever seen. Um, the way he came out he came, he came out running out onto this giant stage, throwing out hats, and so immediately immediately you have this vi- visual. You know, right. so you have a video, a visual image of him in action. You don't have him just walking out calmly to the microphone. He's, you know, and, and everything he said, everything he did was just magnificent. It was perfectly tuned. But I, I just don't, I don't think that means there's some DeSantis-Trump feud. And I think that feud. Yeah,
1: I never thought there was a wow. feud. In fact, I thought, I thought that was manufactured because I, I said this earlier a few months ago that Trump and DeSantis, I'm sure are friends. I'm sure they talk all the time. They're both in the same state. It would be, I think DeSantis, uh, you know, pretty much owes his governorship uh, at least in part to Trump for for endorsing him and and uh, bringing him to the national stage when he was a member of Congress. So I don't think that
0: there's mm-hmm. a feud
1: there. But that again, that's that what you're talking about, the manufactured feud, like the manufactured, uh, you know, Reagan is the antichrist, like the manufactured <laughs> Trump is the, the enemy of democracy. And if Trump survives, democracy dies. I and mean, this is all a bunch of BS. And we know it.
2: But uh, mm-hmm. I
1: was just I, I might have misread your comment then. But uh, but it is an interesting debate. And it's, it's as false as, as false could be. But that, yet
2: that's why they do. I it. mean, I they I, don't I can't I can't say that. Trump is handling things, you know, well.
3: Um,
2: But I I think that if he decides to run, I mean, frankly, on the Democrat side, who is going to, who is going, you know, uh, unless the elections are stolen and and people say, well, why why are you focusing on that? Well, they've learned that this is the only way that the left can win. You know, I say, well... Aren't you just being over the top? Well, no. They ha- things have changed. They have learned that the American people are rejecting the establishment. They're rejecting the left, and the only way they can hang on is is by is to cheat and to cheat big. So, um, so the circumstances have changed. <coughs> uh, but, <coughs> um, but and the other thing is is the media, and of course, Elon Musk is. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's like... I think they did the same thing to Trump. You know, the issue was, was Trump going to be a liberal Democrat running as a Republican? And then they pissed him off, I think. You know, you attack people. Like, you attack Clarence Thomas. You know, is this the way to win friends and influence people? You know, you attack Clarence Thomas's wife. Um, you know, at what... How...
0: <laughs> how
2: much support do you think Clarence Thomas is going to give the left after they've spend you know a, two years attacking him and his wife? um I mean, he's supposed to be a, a jurist, but humans are humans, so I think that they you know I think Elon Musk, I think they've i mean he's turned into a wild man, and I think I suspect it's because I suspect it's because they've just pissed him off. You know, they've just gone too far. And, and he's like, hell no. That's
1: well, they, you know, they did everything but call him the Antichrist when he wanted to buy Twitter. Now, I think he made a huge mistake buying Twitter because I think if he would just spent, you know, uh, you know, a few million dollars marketing our, our Section 230 reform bill, we would have been able to clean up all of Big Tech, not just Twitter. I mean, you know, what he did was great. And what he's doing is great. But I'm just saying it was a whole lot of money. We could have done so much better with that $44 billion. Uh, and still, you know, broken Twitter and broken Google and broken, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all those folks simply by just taking, just changing four lines of Section 230 and making them liable for anything they do to anybody's account or post or uh, changing the search engine results. That's my solution. I think they just, you know, uh, and, but I could, I, wrote, I wrote Elon Musk. I mean, I tried to get in contact with his organization, called him up and everything. And, uh, you know, the usual, the minions, the dominions, the, the gatekeepers, they don't understand. They don't get it. <laughs> they will one day, you know, when we're huge. But mm-hmm. they don't get it yet. And so there's just a lot of people I can't reach to, uh, um, to, to help with some stuff. I mean, my current thing I'm trying to reach Rudy Giuliani, see if I can get him on the show, and talk about some citizen legislation wow. and election fraud and everything else. You know, oh, you have, oh, listen, we had David Stockman <laughs> last week. We're doing okay. You know, I had uh, Peter Navarro in my- October. You know, we're we're uh, I got friends. You know, the show uh, we have people helping us. You know, do some pretty amazing things.
0: That's good. And
1: uh, the Stockman interview was fascinating. Um, so, uh, but just the fact of having him on and being able to introduce our, our constitutional amendment to uh, take away the power of Congress to borrow money has got him thinking. And that's, that's really what I wanted to accomplish for that interview. So, you know, once we reach the, 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 the powerful and the public, you know, they, they, we can persuade them, but uh, the biggest problem is just reaching them. And that's, that's where I'm having the greatest trouble right now.
2: Well, as I, as we, as we, as we have talked about the, um, mm-hmm the republicans and conservatives are way behind you know like we we uh we're doing too little too late because um because we just don't believe that um the problems are as bad as they as they really are you know mm-hmm. so uh, we we keep we keep falling behind because we don't want to believe that things are, as, are are really this bad and you know how however bad Somebody says it is. It's worse, um, and you know we 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 have failed to keep up because we think, um, you know, because we think that it's um, you know, it's like, oh, it can't be that bad. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it and and so bad. so people well, are doing too that. little.
1: Is the the biggest problem? I think. Well, it's worse because you know most of the Republicans, the entire establishment wing of the Republicans, which is like seventy-five percent of them, are also against Trump because they want their sweetheart business deals. They're so selfish and so petty and so childish and so you know uh, interested in their own you know wealth and (laughs) privilege and power. That they're willing to sacrifice the freedom for the entire country, um, just so they can uh, keep their sweetheart deals and their corporate deals and their insider trading deals and their uh, their future jobs out of Congress and their book deals and everything else like that, you know, and the committee chairs and the whole bit. So they don't care. And I thought about this this morning. I characterize it as this is what happens when the government chooses the government. So the government of the United States, the people that are in there, the permanent bureaucrats, the permanent members of Congress, all of the 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 you know the permanent. Uh, Defense folks, everybody in there that's that, you know pretty much making a career is not going anywhere. Uh, their choice for us is a government of no freedom, uh, an absolute KGB you know intelligence uh, you know surveillance security state, uh, no prosperity, no prosperity, no economy, no energy, no money, uh, massive national debt. This is you know no foreign policy, uh, a weak military. You know, political correctness and everything else and a, and a woke agenda. Everything they're doing is what the government is choosing for us.
0: Mm-hmm. See,
1: that's the problem. We've reversed what we're supposed to be. That's why I set up action radio to change it back again. Mm-hmm. But you've got a, you've got the most massive reversing. We're talk about a replacement. You know, it's supposed to be we, the people choosing the government, but we're, now, we have a situation where the government is choosing its own government. <laughs> and that's how bad along
2: it is. those lines. And,
1: yeah. And this um, is what they've chosen us. One- yeah.
2: Along those lines, there's a, a sentencing memorandum for one of the people who's pled guilty to one misdemeanor. And the government says, let, let me know what you think of this. Um, um, democracy require, and, he, and actually he's quoting a judge, Judge Moss, mm-hmm. democracy requires the cooperation of the governed. When a mob is prepared to attack the capital to prevent our elected officials from both parties from performing their constitutional and st- statutory duty, democracy is in trouble. the The damage that whatever and others caused that day goes way beyond the several hour delay in the certification. It is a damage <clears throat> that will persist in this country for decades. Now, um, who said what? That? Does that strike you? Democracy well, requires. Remember, this is not well, polemics. This is not rhetoric. This is this is an argument to punish somebody in a criminal case. Democracy requires the cooperation of the government. How does that strike oh, you?
1: Oh, that's that's tyranny. I mean, I just you know cooperation, the cooperation that's of the government.
2: That's that's how I. What I, happened I to consent I, of right.
1: the governed? The, the cooperation. Mm-hmm. In other words, we have to go – well, in other words, the government chooses the government, and we have to uh, cooperate. But the real – but the, the, what they've done is replaced it with – they've replaced consents. Here's the other thing, too. Democracy doesn't require anything of government. It's the people you know, voting in the majority. That's the only requirement for democracy. Now, I don't like democracy because it destroys minority, it destroys individual rights, minority rights, and destroys every other right, unless you're a privileged, you know, group uh, of special interest. But the idea of someone saying democracy requires you're saying this isn't a trial because I've heard this before, and I'm not sure where I've heard it. It sounds very familiar.
2: But there's well, something very interesting because it's like you say, uh-huh. the government changes the government, and it's it's no. like. You know, your your cooperation is is our you know command. You know, our yeah. our you have you, you, you and, and again, this is in the context of sentencing someone for mm-hmm. a criminal case. So it's saying if you if you um, you know you are required to cooperate, or we will punish right. you.
1: Cooperation, then, is it? You know, it's it, it's coercion, right. extortion, and blackmail, and uh, and tyranny. You know, is in other words, and, and we if, want your cooperation, but if you're not going to get it, we're going to mandate it. It's like they wanted cooperation, and with if people they didn't get, you know, they didn't get the level, mm-hmm. then they mandated, which they couldn't do.
2: And if people, especially a judge, is willing mm-hmm. to use such deceptive language,
0: mm-hmm.
2: what does that tell you about what's going on?
0: You know, well, if, if they're,
2: they're if they're, they're going the to if they're going to hide your yeah. your your um, what's the, the opposite of tyr- tyranny? The of your slavery by calling it cooperation. What kind of um, mentality is this to be deceptive?
1: Well, it's one that wants forced order. In other words, we want order. We want discipline, you know, in order for us to progress. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they say. You know, you just have to change a couple of words. Uh, First of all, we're not a democracy. That's the worst part. Democracy has no requirement in a republic you know it's it's part of it in terms of certain things are are uh, are taken at a majority vote you know like the the popular vote which determines the electors but the electors become all of it's, it's a winner take all so so there is partial there are aspects of democracy in our republic um but it but it's not uh, it's not paramount and it's not it's not everything you know the simple fact that we have electors that we distribute the the power that the House is elected by the people and the Senate should be by the senators and all the and, and by the by the state legislatures and the, the state legislatures collectively you know elect the president you know so there's a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. With them. You know federalism the same thing. Federalism doesn't require democracy either. The separation of powers has nothing to do with democracy. You know if if we had a democracy in the federal government then whoever had the most votes would have the most power. <laughs> you know, Whichever agency was the right. Way. You know, well, I mean we really do
0: uh, I we mean know. I
2: frequently use you know democracy and constitutional republic to be fairly um synonymous, but in that situation nope. it's not it's like it's what, not because even. when when the government is i mean because the constitutional republic is you know uh-huh. restraints on the government saying to the government, "You shall not." And, and so, you know, the idea that democracy requires the cooperation of the governed when our, our constitution and our constitutional republic, you know, is aimed at telling the government, you shall not do this. You are not empowered to do this. You are not allowed to do this. Um, you know, that, that, that is a very entirely different concept. Um, well, the and, and, the,
1: the, the, I don't I even really like the term constitutional republic Because that, that's redundant A republic has a constitution by definition Or it's not a republic Unless there's a limitation on government Clearly stated in a constitution Then you can't have a republic democracy Because <laughs> a democracy, democracy doesn't require any right. founding documents It doesn't require any standards There is no standard for <laughs> but, it, but if you're going to have a republic You have to have a constitution And you have to have uh, a defined individual rights that's that's probably the strongest definition of a republic, but these idea the idea that the government you know, and this is what happens when people stay in government too long. This is why you should we should have non-lawyers uh, on the Supreme Court, people who actually read the Constitution, understand it, and will do it, and will work with it as written. They haven't been through the club, they haven't been through the indoctrination. Same thing with government officials. Yeah, you, want, you want to Put term limits on. on and like that,
2: like I have said, you know, having rubbed shoulders in Washington D.C. and been in the Heritage Foundation and all these different things. You know, I, I've observed over time that that what what people in government and in the political class understand is just a copy from the person next to them. So they they don't actually research anything originally. They just you know they just other people say it and they just they just copy it. So um, so they don't. You know, they don't go back to any original source. They don't learn anything originally. They just just copy from um, the the person holding the wine and cheese standing next to them. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah, I think it's a very big concern. So, anyway, so Twitter is going absolutely berserk. And it appears that Elon Musk is is not even – I mean, he's just decided to go wild on releasing everything. Um including oh, it's great. His, I love it. You saw he announced his, his new pronouns are um prosecute Crouchy. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. um so uh and, and the thing is like you know, it's it's difficult because he just bought a company that has serious criminal and legal liability. And yet well,
1: he's have a lot more going... lot but he fired 80% what? of them, didn't he? is not he, like, fired 80%
2: of them already? Or, or 80% of left? Could be. But I'm saying that, That's I heard. that for, for him we'll get to Piyaki expose all this stuff, uh-huh. you know, for him to expose all this stuff is quite a step. Because, yeah. you know, because he's, I mean, most businessmen would buy a company and then hush it up. You see what I mean? Yeah, but that's
1: not why he bought it. You know, I don't even know if he cares if it's successful. I think he really cares that free speech is back. Let me bring Priyanki in a conversation. He's been waiting uh, patiently for a bit here. So, Priyanki, I'm back on my cell phone again. I'm not happy, um, but I want to try an experiment later where I plug my mic back in and, and try and reset uh, the screen without canceling the episode because more important, the episode gets going. I hate losing things, um, but I'll try that in a little bit. But anyway, Priyanki, what's your take on, on some of the things we've been talking about?
2: <coughs> well. This is- That's why there needs to be the coming together of states in order to enact amendments to the Constitution to bring back the federal government within the realms of the people. And also, states should nullify nullify some of these acts that uh, Congress is passing, just like you would expect a jury to nullify a law that a defendant is being tried on. If the law is
1: unconstitutional. Yeah. Let me uh, let me just hold you up for a second, because we're going to take on the Convention of States Wednesday. I've got an article against it, and you and I can can hash that out. But there's a couple of things I want to talk to Jonathan about while he's here that I think are critical. And that's so in the next half hour, I want to redirect us. There's two cases. There's two cases that fascinate me. One, which is uh, the the lesser of the two, the Harper v. Moore, which is going to be argued this week, that's on the North Carolina redistricting and whether the uh, state Supreme Court of North Carolina can tell the state legislature, you know, pound sand, which I don't think they can. And the other case, uh, Jonathan, is this Brunson v. Adams, where they're suing to have 387 members of Congress and basically the entire Brandon coup removed from office and arrested for failing to uphold their oath of office and failing to investigate uh, the stealing of the 2020 election. So, which one, where, where do you want to start? Because these are really intriguing cases.
2: Well, I'm not familiar with the second one, but um, you know, how well, I'll do that the later. Voice. But with the, okay. um, the Harford case, of course, is... A shining example of left-wing ignorance, because the Constitution is very clear that is that, that the state legislatures um, decide the electoral college and can and the rules for congressional um, elections. No question about it. And the left, but again, this is where we have forgotten this and asking them to simply go back to the original constitution is making the left completely freaked out because they said, this is the, this is, um, you know, it's never been this way. Yes, it has You know, and again, we, um, um, a bunch of people, including action radio filed a, an amicus court, uh, uh, curia brief under the court brief. And, um, and, uh, <clears throat> uh some people copy that again into Harper that um, that and, and among other things it shows that there are there are times when states simply chose the electoral colleges college roads directly. They did not oh. hold a popular election. There's even a case where they held a popular election and they cancelled it. And the state legislature overturned that. And, of course, the, all the uh, phoning, left-wing uh, legal experts, who, again, they don't know anything except what they heard somebody else say, um, mm-hmm. they, uh, they're freaking out because that would mean that the state legislature could, uh, you know, could ignore the election. Yes. Yeah. That's what it's always yeah. meant. They're, I mean, because yeah. remember, the state, Legislature used to pick the, the senators. Our Constitution was set up so the U.S. Senate was chosen by the state legislature, not by popular election. And, um, and there's no popular election provided for in the, in the Constitution for president. Um, the, uh, the, the state legislatures can provide for a popular election, and, and they almost always have in modern times, but they don't have to. And, in fact, um, one of the things we pointed out was that in the Florida 2000 election, you know, Bush v. Gore, uh-huh. um, the, um, as, as it was working its way up through the, um, through the, the courts, the state legislature of Florida was warming up the band to um, to uh, cancel the results of the election as flawed and make a direct appointment of the Electoral College votes from Florida. That was just 2000. Right. And they're all acting, all these experts are screaming bloody murder like, nobody's ever thought of this before, and this is unheard of, and, and you're like, no, it's in the Constitution. Yeah. And uh, so it's just kind of hysterical what they're doing. Because, and in the brief that I worked on for Action Radio and the White House Watch Fund and, and other groups, is um, when you think about it, there's state business. And if the state is doing state business under state law, then it's uh-huh. subject to the state courts. It's subject to a um, veto by the governor. But when the, the state is choosing a federal official, it's not state business. It's, it's federal business. And the federal, you know, the federal constitution has delegated to the state legislature um, the power to choose you know, the methods for electing federal offices. So it is the, the reason why people are totally confused is that um, they can't understand the difference, that, that this, is, this is a federal function. It's not a state function. So, I mean, if they, if they had decided to say, you know, pick 100 people at random from the phone book and they'll decide who the president is, They could have done that. (laughs) Um, And um, so, for example, as Pianchi has proposed a, um, you know, a bill about this, um, I just read yesterday, I think maybe you sent it to me, um, some left-wing law professor screaming that um, this would mean that there'd be two different sets of rules for federal federal elections. And state elections. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, duh. Um, they're not the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, even a county election can can run under different rules than the state than a state election. Um, so, um you know, but you're like, Oh my god, that would mean that there's you know, that, that federal elections are different than state elections. Yeah. You know, yeah. where are you just figuring this out now? Um, but that's why the you know, basically, um, when are they having? When are they having the? Uh, what's today? Today's the, is it today?
1: Today's the 12. And uh, in fact, a friend yeah. of mine said this is this is a very spiritual day. It's a the 12 12 portal. So we uh, think that this is we're we're in for some big changes, which I find fascinating. Which is similar to what Wendy's been saying too. Um, this is the the two cases are Harper uh, and Moore, or Moore v. Harper. And the other one that I can, I can brief you on quickly here is Brunson v. Adams. This is the far more fascinating and probably the, the less likely to actually be heard, although they're going to they're discuss it on the 6th. because They do a, a conference, I guess, and if four um, judges decide to take it up. I call them judges because that's, that's what the Constitution says. So four Supreme Court judges decide to take it up, uh, and then it goes in. But it's interesting that this is, is a, looks like a reaction to the fact that the, the Supreme Court did not, do what they were constitutionally mandated to do, which was take the Texas election case. They had to take that case, and they didn't. And so I think this is a reaction to that, basically suing and saying that um, uh, let me just give you the lawsuit. I'll give this one real quickly. So Brunson v. Alma Alma, excuse me, Brunson v. Adams. Uh, It says currently there are two lawsuits identical to each other. First one filed by Lloyd Brunson, uh, still held up in the Utah federal court. The second one filed by Raylan J. Brunson, I guess they're brothers, has made it to the Supreme Court. uh, They got the docket here. It's a lawsuit. Both lawsuits include defendants, uh, Biden, Harris, uh, Pence, and 385 members of Congress for breaking their oath of office by voting against the proposition uh, that came from members of Congress to investigate the claims that there were enemies of the Constitution who successfully rigged the election. This was done January 6th. We've all talked about the coup, the real coup. is is stopping the challenge from Arizona on. In fact, there was a a Newsmax special last night um, showing how the Capitol was open and uh, that the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter and the FBI operatives went in while Trump was still speaking. And they had to do that because they had to stop Arizona. If any one of those challenges had gone through, then they could have challenged all of the battleground states and the Trump electors would have, uh, you know, very possibly um, done what they're supposed to do, which was be the ones considered. Anyway, so the question, I'll just read this one little paragraph here, almost done. The question is, how can you support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic? And the answer, you investigate. If there, are, if there are claims that there is a threat, even if you don't believe there is a threat, you investigate. How else can you determine if there is a threat unless you investigate? You can't. Were there claims of a threat to the Constitution? Yes. Where did these serious claims come from? A hundred members of Congress. You know, what was the threat? That there were enemies of the Constitution who successfully rigged the 2020 election. Is this lawsuit against, about a rigged election? No. It's about the members of Congress who voted against the investigation, thereby thwarting the investigation. Was this a clear violation of the oath? Yes. So what they're after, and this is where it gets really interesting, they're after that 385 members of Congress and the entire Brandon coup be permanently removed from office and not alo- allowed to hold public office again. That's what they're bringing to the Supreme Court. I think it's fascinating. I'm all for it.
2: I love I think, it. This is
0: what
1: I, uh, Congress
0: should do. All
2: that should be left up to the state, not the courts. The courts cannot make laws, only thing they can do is listen to arguments between two parties. Those Texas lawsuits should have been settled with the state legislatures. You can't I get the, the, the criminal I disagree with you. the criminal
0: cannot yeah, can
2: say what I say? Okay. Sorry. Criminal cannot legislate itself. It's not ever gonna happen. It takes the people to do that. And the people means of doing so is through their state legislature. That's where the federal government gets its power. The states aren't doing what they should be doing. Thank you.
1: But see, I see the courts as a redress of grievances. So I, I, I agree that what you're saying is true, that the state legislature should do this. But I think that in this case, if you're suing to have members permanently removed from Congress for not doing their job, uh, unless the states are, you know, the, even the states would still have to bring a lawsuit. I still think they would have to go to court. Jonathan, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it shouldn't. Jonathan, what's wrong with you? You need to go down to Miss Lucy's and get some chicken soup, man.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Absolutely. You still with us, Jonathan? Absolutely.
2: sorry about it. But the thing is, is that yeah, I, I agree with all that. Um, and, uh, um, oh, I forget what I was going to say. But the state yeah it should be the state the state legislatures and um and not the courts but um there you do raise the point of what's the final step of kicking them out That might require going to court but um you know it's it's like people are trying to say that legislatures cannot hold public office because they belong to the oathkeepers and here I guess what they're saying is is that they um, that because they failed to investigate so threats to the Constitution, they they can't hold public office. Is that what they're saying?
1: No, what they're saying is that they failed to uh, uphold the, they failed to investigate the crimes. So if you remember the you know the way back uh, January 6th, there were there were a lot of there was like 147 members of Congress and 12 members of the Senate that said they were going to challenge the the state. So this all goes back to. The the, the the Achilles heel of the left, which is the Trump electors. So the whole point of January 6th was to consider Trump electors versus Brandon electors in the battleground states. And they didn't do that. They, they stopped that investigation and they stopped that inquiry. They stopped that debate. So what these folks are doing, and I'm not sure all the, all the whys and wherefores, um, but what they want to do is sue uh, members of Congress because they, they committed, they are part of the coup, basically. And so they have to – so they they want to sue to see if they can kick these people out of office for failing to do what they're supposed to do January 6th. And instead, they basically participated in the coup. That's what it's all
2: about. Well,
1: you know, (laughs) I I agree that they did not talk about one next week. Yeah.
2: uh, I agree with you, Greg, that they did not do what they were supposed to do. But then we reach a point to, well, who is to inflict punishment on them? And uh-huh. if the elected official, that has to be with the people in the courts can't tell an elected official that you done wrong you got to get out of office. Uh,
1: well, let's think about that for a minute because where are you going to go? Where do uh, – if, if the executive has a problem with the, the legislature or the legislature has a problem with the executive, the, the, the court, the third branch is supposed to be the place where that's settled. I'll tell you what I'm talking about, the, the Trump electors. The state legislatures elected Trump electors uh, in, in the seven battleground states. So those are competing sets of electors to the, the Brandon electors that were approved by the governors and, and the secretaries of state and also parts of the state legislatures. So you've got these competing sets of electors. Well, that's not something that's going to be decided by the legislatures or the, or the executives unless they agree. And obviously they don't agree because the governor signed off on Brandon electors. And the Republican state legislatures signed off on Trump electors. So then, where do you go except to court? I think court's the last well, yeah, but I don't see any other resort the, at this point.
2: Well, what the court should have said was is that the uh, legislature is supposed to take care of this stuff. You know, the legislature exactly. have the power to call those Congress people back to back to task, back to the carpet. The legislature right. has the power to call the Congress people. And also the u s senators back on the carpet and read them the riot act. the governor the the legislature has the same power over the governor. I think what you have today is a misapplication of power actually is backwards the way if you if you look at it yeah, and people have you know misunderstanding here, you know, but notice the dishonesty is that um. Our way must be the only way. Therefore, the Trump slate must be fake electors. You know, instead of saying, "Okay, here are two slates of electors. We're presenting them to Congress, and there is a procedure in the Constitution for Congress to decide. You know, it, do we do we do we believe in this set of electors, or do we do, do believe in that slate of electors?" Um, but the dishonesty of the establishment, the swamp, is, well, our way is the only way. Therefore, the second of electors have to be faked. They're frauds. They're phony. They're a crime. Because our way is the only way.
1: Yeah. They're trying to have them arrested. They're trying to have the Trump electors arrested. You know, they've got them published. Yeah. I've, I've got articles listing them. You know, say, these are your criminals, and this is just a bunch of nonsense. But, again, the government is participating in the coup, and there's a few people in Congress, but not enough, you know, to try and change that. That's why I think it's going to be a fascinating law
2: as this goes forward. forward. Yeah. About, yeah. yeah well, both of them are going to be interesting. Yeah. If I go in a, in a probate dispute and I say uh-huh. this, this will is not a legitimate will. It's, it's a forgery or it's out of date. It was overturned by the, a later one. And the judge says, okay, well, where is the other one? Oh, I didn't bring it. Well, the judge is going, "Well, too bad. I've only got one will. I'm going to accept it. Hmm. So if you don't bring two slates of electives, the, you know, there there's, it can't be a decision between A or B.
1: Hmm. You know, it's interesting. One thing I learned too over the weekend that I'd forgotten is that Kevin McCarthy approved of all those people, all those inquisition members on the January 6th committee. You know, he says he put forward different people, and I'm sure he did, you know, Jim Jordan, things like that. But once the committee was formed, he he didn't object. He didn't close it down. He didn't try to defund it. He didn't try to stop it. He didn't do anything. So anybody that thinks that Kevin McCarthy is going to do anything significant against the deep, I think is sadly mistaken. I don't think he's going to do a damn thing. He'll say the right things. When it comes to action, you know, if he approved of those folks and didn't try and shut down that committee, he is not going to sponsor an election, uh, uh, an investigative committee against uh, the coup. Or he's not going to have anything to do with these lawsuits for sure. But what do you think about that? Do do you have any faith in McCarthy doing anything other than, you know, covering for the deep state?
2: From what you described of him, I would have to raise the eyebrow on McCarthy. (laughs) Yeah. And the problem is just like it was with this Georgia election. Look where the money came from to uh, support, uh, what's his name, Warnock. Look at the money. You had money coming from even outside of the country with Stacey Abrams. You had sorrows and money coming even from outside of the country. So when these people are elected, they are not behoven to the people of their state. They gonna be moving to the money that's coming from outside. It only makes sense because if you got a million dollars coming from one source, is that not better to uh, confer to that million dollar source rather than going out running around trying to get a thousand uh, individual sources to equate to one million? So that, in fact, lies a great big problem.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: I. Now, I people could. Uh,
1: no, I think here's something, Pianki, where the people could rise up and, and make sure that a bill gets passed, saying that no money comes mm-hmm. from outside a district for a congressional race, and no money comes from outside the state for a senate race. I mean, they could do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, because. <laughs> and we have, a, we have I, a with Jonathan, You know, the, all right. go ahead, Jonathan. What were you going to say? You no, go ahead. All right, well, we have a bill that sort of redefines uh, contributions to members of Congress. If it's an individual donation, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, or whatever the limit is, that's speech because you, you really want to help that person advance their speech. But if you talk about dark money, shadow money, PAC money, you know, money getting, coming in from out of state, out of the country, things like that, that's commerce. Those people are engaging in commerce. They're expecting a bigger mm. return on their investment in a member of our, of our Congress then they're paying. Hmm. And that's what usually happens. That'd be like Ukraine and everybody else, George Soros. So I think it's a great bill. And I want to... And I want to exactly. To actually, but if you... But the commerce... You exactly. Well, commerce, I don't... That's... that's regu- they should regulate those, those contributions. Because they're not contributions. Yeah. They're investments. Jonathan and then Piaki.
2: Well, I was just going to say, I have no faith in Ken, Kevin McCarthy or anybody else doing the right thing out of the goodness of their heart. I only have faith <laughs> in how much of a flyer the American people can light under them. You know, if if we, they will, I mean, the thing is they're cowards when it comes to the media, they're cowards when it comes to Democrats. They're also cowards when it comes to conservatives and Republicans, you know, screaming at them to do the right thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, like I say, we, we had, uh, you know, and, and the members of the party themselves are cowards because they had, all that objection. Remember, Kelly Leffler was screaming before the uh, January 6th. She said, "Oh, I'm definitely going to be uh, there, challenging, and I'll be watching what's going on. I'll be evaluating, I'll be voting." And then, of course, after after the seven-hour uh, arm twisting, she came up, "Oh, for the good of the country, we have to uh, like Brandon." You know, the the fact that they all voted for Brandon and didn't take up the challenges. You know, I mean, they did, but they said, "Did anybody challenge this?" No,pe not a, <laughs> yeah, you know, not a single member of the Senate or House challenged any election after they came back up top. That's impossible unless right. they aren't Anyway, i got a couple of other issues here yeah. before we get to uh, Dorothy. Um, let's talk about – let me see. Well, here's one too. Christian Sinema, um, who is now independent, uh, there should be some rule or some law. I don't know whether Congress has to do it themselves or whether we can kind of insist or impose it, that if you're an independent, you cannot be counted uh, as a member of a party regardless of whether you caucus with them or right. not. Because she should, if she's independent, she should be independent, uh, and that would make – and uh, Angus King should be – you know, is independent, and Bernie Sanders. you got three Democrats who are independent. That would lower their <laughs> the party the Senate to 47. And of course, you can't count the vice president because they're not a member of the Senate. So it should be 47 Democrats to 49 Republicans right now. So how do, how do we stop these independents from being counted uh, with a party? Because uh, the gelding should have stopped that long ago when they had the majority, but they didn't because they're geldings.
2: Mhm, because it wouldn't be fair, um, <laughs> they think um oh, but okay, uh, you know it wouldn't be nice, let me put it that way, um, but the no, you're right, but I think Christian cinema is an example of the left attacking Democrats and thinking that's going to turn out well,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know if the left if the left keeps savagely attacking Christian cinema at some point, you know there may be there may be a consequence to, um, to in the, and, and the attacks will probably increase now that she's no longer, you know, that she has turned her back on the democratic party to some extent. I don't understand mansion. There's no way in hell that mansion should be representing West Virginia. I mean, the, the I don't know when he's up next, but we need to go into West Virginia and, um, and uh, remove him.
1: Well, I think that um, industry so, and family there. There's some other reasons why he's there. But uh don't we'll see if Piakki has any insight on that. Like um, where – you know, what's uh, – do you have any ideas for how we change this in Congress? I think it should be an election issue. You know, I mean, it's one of these, you know, in-the-weeds kind of things But if you, if you let independents be countered by a party, then they're not independent. They're Democrats.
0: Jackie.
2: Well, yeah, you're right. They try to walk a thin line and trying to stay in the middle, but it's very difficult because of a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. And just like there's a lot of reasons we have reached a state of chaos where this country is at today politically, yeah. the makings of it have always been there. And and like I said before, the only reason why I come these politicians get over the way they do is because the ignorance of the people that they call their constituents.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, we got five minutes left, and I was curious about uh, where you see. Let, let's forecast the coming disruptions of Trump because they're going to do everything possible to stop Trump. And I'm thinking the coronation of Mike Pence. You know, who sort of made his bones by. Uh, um, by kicking Trump out of office illegally, uh, Mike Pompeo is going to be there. You've got some. I've heard the term the, the West Point Mafia. You know that uh, the, the coalitions they're building mm-hmm. within the Republican Party, or just in government in general, to put forward anybody uh, to sort of do battle with Trump. It's going to be Trump versus the establishment and the primaries. Jonathan, you got any right. on that? Anybody else? Well, for
2: seven years, it's like you know the walls are closing in on. You know now Trump's gone gone too far. I mean, how many times do you have to hear this over and over and over before we go? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> they got this idea that oh, we're going to get someone to run for president. Well, we had we had Jeb, and you have to say Jeb with an exclamation mark. Remember, uh, Jeb <laughs> exclamation mark. Um, yeah, he said, like, he uh, started Beto. out with hundred million. He's our Beto. What?
1: He's our Florida Beto. Yeah. Our
2: <laughs> yes. So so. Just because someone runs for president really doesn't mean anything. The the question is, do they have any chance of winning? And um, if Trump runs and runs well, you know, nobody – I mean, he already beat 17 or 16 other people um, in 2016. But I don't – I think that he is allowing himself to get a little bit – I think he's allowing things to get under his skin. I think he's got terrible lawyers and terrible advisors and I think yep. that that the legal problems he has are completely avoidable. It's like this thing about the fringe benefits. I mean everybody in corporate America does that. I mean the idea that you have you have a company car and mm-hmm. and it's a yep. it's I mean everybody does that. How is yeah. it that how is it that Manhattan isn't screaming bloody murder against um the Manhattan DA and saying, "Whoa, you're attacking all of us, you know, but they're willing. They're willing to allow them to go after the Trump organization for things that all companies do, and even i do done a,
0: <laughs> a,
2: You know, insurance evaluation. If well you that's avoid totally taxes.
1: If you have a company but, car or a health plan or things like that or a executive, you know, whatever, the, the executive dining room, those are those little perks are, are ways to avoid income tax because you're giving people a benefit that's not taxed. I mean, I don't know, I don't think the employee well,
0: or, it you know, is the
1: CEO pays for the company car,
2: right? Isn't that why you do it? No,
1: it is. Yeah. I hey, could I can... buy I
2: could buy Jonathan five hundred dollars worth of groceries. I could take him and take my company's car. Credit card and buy him five hundred dollars worth of groceries. Jonathan merely would have to pay the tax on that five hundred dollars based on what his tax rate is. That ain't my problem. Okay. My my thing is that I could take that five hundred dollars and completely write it off against my gross income on the corporation. That's just the way that works. Okay. Well, it you know it, it kind of it kind of is tricky. It kind of depends. But but the thing is is that. It, it, the idea that this is some new novel thing is is um yeah. is strange. Um now the other thing about the evaluation of his real estate is you know because if you have ever bought a house when when is the last time that the loan company asked your opinion about how much the house is worth. They hire an <laughs> they appraiser. Don't. They don't care they, they don't care what appraiser. you say. What? The, the last house yeah. I just bought uh, it in about the 2015 from my grandson, they hired an appraiser. It wasn't based right. on so what easy. the sellers said it was worth. And then if, if the two numbers don't come together, thus is your down payment. Yeah. And yeah, and I have a friend who's a realtor in Virginia, John Medeiros. I did some work with him. And, you know, he's often dealing with the fact that the, the buyer and the seller agree on a price and then they, you know, uh, what's the word, you know, uh, wring their hands hoping that the appraiser agrees. Now, this is fair market value. The the buyer and the seller have agreed on a price but they're waiting to see if the appraiser agrees. So, you know, so you can't, I mean, the idea of prosecuting Trump is just insane. Um, and, and 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 Trump has said that Every document he says is like, like two pages of disclaimers at the front saying, "Do not, you know, do not rely on, you know, any estimate in here. You you must come up with your own estimate. You may, you know, this is not, you know, blah blah blah." And, and so, you know, but we have a legal system that, you know, the New York legal system I understand from people up there is completely corrupt. Going up to mm. to the appellate court. The Court of Appeals of New York is not going to help you because they're, you know, they're completely completely corrupt. And um, the D.C. system is is corrupt. Frankly, what we need to do is we need to get a whole bunch of conservatives to move into the District of Columbia so that if they ever, you know, you know, for juries and if it's a state, we have to turn it into a state. And that works. <laughs> that works. There was a a school district in upstate New York that you had some uh, Jewish families living in it, and Jewish families felt that they wasn't receiving the type of uh, services from the school district to address their children. So guess what? Jews from all over the place moved in there to the point where they was able to take over the school district through election, and they made the changes themselves. You're absolutely right, Jonathan. That's a good. That's a good idea. Now you have to be careful. In terms of housing discrimination laws, but but it should be done. I'm going to get off because I you know I need to go get some. No, we got. Too, I could draw down
1: the line anyway. I was going to do that. i Doctor uh,
2: Pianki says. Like that. Yeah, I'm going to.
1: talk About that thing that Pianchi said in a little bit because I, uh, yeah, yeah, I just. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Thanks, John. Have go a great ahead, week, good yeah, guys. Go uh, appreciate you being on. Yeah, he, he made an hour. Jonathan was not feeling well, so uh, you can tell in his voice. That's why uh, um, he's not his usual feisty self. I want to give him time to talk. Um, Greg,
2: so what I want to do now, what I
1: want to Jackie, Greg, ahead. You let's, are let's,
2: excited let's, as a child at a carnival ride. Uh, no, I oh, want to oh,
1: ride this one. I want to ride that
2: one. I, you can't ride three rides at one time, child. Wait, one at a time. What are you talking about? It's good. It's good, though. Okay. you still oh, okay.
1: expressing your youth. Well, I am youthful. I also have a really severe case of ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> but I make it work for me. All right. Here, here's what I want to do. Because and Dorothy, just hang on for a little bit. I we had some technical difficulties earlier. Um, my, I got a brand new mic cord, you know, because we we had a couple of uh, times last week where the the computer. But once the signal's broken, and I'm not sure how this works between the mic and and the computer. I'm still logged in on the show. I should be able to broadcast with my microphone. So what I'm going to do is play play a, a couple ads here, and then in the meantime, I'm going to furiously connect back up again, refresh the screen, and and see if uh, the show's still there. If not, I might. Uh, You know, either cancel and start a new one. I'll figure out something to do. Uh,
0: You uh,
2: you know, the problem, I've been reading some articles, like with Facebook, Twitter, uh, you had a lot of people with devious uh, agendas that were working for these companies. You had a lot of Israelis working for Twitter and Facebook, it comes to to, to, uh, find out. So you know what type of agenda they have and what stories they would be approval of or – slantitude compared to others. So, same thing is going on with BTR. It's um, working for them. It's, it's probably the a, against I mean, some of the things that you put forth.
1: Yeah, no, know. Blog Talk never really does that. At least I'm not. I, I, I've i never seen that happen. I mean, they've, they've got really conservative folks, and they've got uh, neo-Nazis on the show. You know, So, I don't think that's the situation. Well, let me just... Um, so, y'all mute yourselves. Dorothy Pionke, mute yourselves. I'm going to mute myself, too. I'm going to try and come back. I'm going to play two things, and then I'm going to play well, – let me just do two quick commercials. So I'll be back in about two minutes. Uh, and if I'm not back immediately, then I'm going, to, I'm going to have to call back and go back to my phone. So if you hear a little – if you don't hear me as soon as the, the two ads are over, that means that uh, the microphone's not working. If you do hear me, then tell me because <laughs> I'll be a whole lot happier. All right, so let me, uh, let me uh, start these, and then I'll meet myself, and I'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try, even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Okay, did anybody hear me through the uh, between those two commercials? I actually had the volume off of my computer, so that might have caused it. Anybody hear me then or now? No. Yeah, I can hear you, no. you now. I'm on, on the telephone now, but could you hear me between the commercials at all? I did not. Okay, sorry, so it's not working. All right. So resetting resetting the screen doesn't work, so that's no fun. All right, well let's continue with on as usual. And now our next hour of the show, and uh, Heather might cancel the the next hour. I'm not sure which. She's got stuff going on too. So I got a message from her. So it's as usual. It's as we're all over the place. You know, typical day. But I'm gonna talk. To, i see if I can get a hold of Blog Talk after the show and figure out why my microphone is disconnecting from the show. Yet I'm still connected to the show. So it's just, just very frustrating. All right. So mm-hmm. Dorothy, you want to hear some fun things? Uh, fun things? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if you see my video, but I got to, to learn how to use a flamethrower this weekend.
3: I saw, I saw that you were doing a flamethrower. I didn't get to watch it. However, I, I just laughed and thought, of course, of course he's doing a flamethrower. Good of for you. I'm that sounds do. exciting.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk to you. Uh, we we want to do a little segment on, on adventures and, and relationships and, and doing really cool things like that. But you actually were in a, a record
3: store. I was, and, and to your note, I love the topic of adventures and relationships. I, that's really fun, and I think yeah. it's important, and I think, I think if you do a relationship contract and you really want your relationship to work well, um, that might uh-huh. be something you actually put in there that, you know, once a month or once every three months, um, we do something that increases adrenaline together in a fun way uh-huh. intentionally, yes. <laughs>
1: But I want to give you time to think about that, too, as I always like to sort of, you know, preview these ahead of time so you can kind of work on it. I'll tell you what. Oh, think yeah, we won't I do that today,
3: first, but that's a fun one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and here's, here's one of my examples. Uh, on a first date, uh, I invited this woman to a sword fight in the park, and I had uh, my, we had my foil, my fencing foil, and a katana, both of which were metal, so we had to be careful about this. But we ended up leaping over park benches and fencing around trees. We had a blast.
0: She and sounds so, fun. Uh,
1: it was, it was, it was incredible. So anyway, flamethrowers can definitely, I, you know, cause I had uh, a couple of learned friends and I go, that's like totally amazing. I want to try that too. So I'm thinking, yeah, it'd be a great way to meet people too. You know, come down to the, the shooting range and try a flamethrower. Well, enough about me and I want to do music. Oh yeah. So I, like I said, I'm a little scattered today as you said earlier, um, but music, we got to talk about text and music one day too.
3: I think that'd be a great show. Well, I'm ready for music today. I think that's a fabulous topic. And um, okay. it's already no, kind no. of on my mind. But, but but you know, I can go with the flow. So if there's something else that comes no, 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 up, no, 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 you know, no. it's your, let's do it.
1: It's your report. I like giving you suggestions. But i like to say I also like giving you a chance to kind of think about it and talk to other people, and uh, that way we can explore it better. So let's do music. A lot let's of topics came up here. this week. Mm. Oh, go ahead.
3: No, a lot of topics came up this week. It was interesting. You know, there were several days I said, oh, I'm going to discuss that on the radio. Oh, that's so good. I mean, there was a few times this week, and I got – I get. Like you, I'm a little scattered. I, I think I'm naturally scattered, and I'm okay with it. I I'm, I love different ideas and discussing different things, but, yeah, there was a, a lot of topics that ca- came up this week, um, but when you suggested music, and you're right, I was at the record store, that's, that's a topic we haven't really talked too much about, and I think it's great, so let's dive in.
1: Okay. Dive away. <laughs> what do you think? Tell me about the store. So, Tell me who was there. Tell me about the couples you saw in the store, and, and uh, then we can kind of get into mood music. You know, what's good music? Well, what's, uh, you know, does Ravel's Bolero really work? I mean, we, we can explore all kinds of things.
3: So I happened upon that record store, and I believe my life is in slow. I'm following God's pathway, so I'm always open and curious to what is presented. And I happen to be in this tiny little town, downtown Statesville, North Carolina, Looking at Uh houses, curious if this downtown was, like, charming and adorable or kind of sketchy. And um, it was fantastic. And there was an independent little tiny record store. And I got to speak with um, the owner for quite a while about small business in these times and uh, people holiday shopping on Amazon versus small stores. So I wanted to give him a shout-out. And I picked Uh up a record player for my son who has been really interested in the record players. There's somebody in downtown Davidson that, that sells records, these kind of, these young guys, and he's always very interested, and he said he wanted a record player. Um, I have a lot of my father's old albums. He was a conductor and composer, and so I thought, well, this is a great family gift for the holidays. So I picked up a record wow. player, yeah, and several albums, and I'm really excited about it. And I, there's something about the record, this tangible picking up the needle, putting it on you know your body is involved. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Well, let's let's think about. Here's something interesting, and I, I'm curious, Bianchi, an impression of this also that analog sound versus digital sound, CDs versus vinyl, is there something? And this is where our medical wellness folks, this is where your your physiology physiology knowledge will come in. Is there a literally a vibration? And we've had folks talk about we okay. do vibrate. There's a frequency. And, and is there a difference between analog and digital music, for example?
3: So I would love to talk in this hour about frequency and, and our mood and emotion. Analog versus digital, I don't know that much about. I want to hear someone who does or read about that because I believe likely there's a big difference. Does Pianchi know? I don't know, uh, Pianki?
1: I mean, I was thinking more well, of the, yeah, uh, a difference. the emotional level. Go ahead, Pianchi.
2: Yeah, you should take a digital, synthesized digital sounds to create all sorts of sounds, like bird chirping, you're in sirens, and so on and so on. So there, there is a difference. The, the digital sounds are, are more compact. Uh, analog sounds when you, like a live band, live band, and when you record that, that was an analog sound. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, uh,
3: I
1: think that,
2: there's
1: a, a lo- hmm go, okay. well, the go? The go ahead. Of, well, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll trade. <laughs> we all, yeah, we all like to speak at once. It's so much fun here. But the thing is that uh, when I think about this, is it, you know, the analog versus digital, I don't need the actual physics of, of the differences between them. You know, it seems like uh, – but the, the, the I'm more interested in the impression that it gives and how it affects our body, how it affects our mind. I, I am too.
3: I'm very interested think... in that, and I feel like there's a risk that we are, like, recording life and not living life, right? So the easier oh. you can get into – the easier you can get into digital and, um, you know, iTunes and Spotify. Look, I play the violin. My father played the piano. He was a concert pianist, played multiple instruments. Um, I remember uh, there was always music in my house. We had one of those old, you'll know what they're called. They're like, you could, you can see that not because you're old, just because you're smart, <laughs> but, oh, you know, the, the things that you can She's look at the music and you can see the wheels turning like the recorded music. Like it wasn't even a record. It was like those, those big windy tapes, like those giant, yeah, the we had that. And yeah, it, but uh-huh. the big, like the really big systems that were like high quality. So he, he had those. In his, uh, then, he yeah. Yeah. Yes. And there was always music playing and we had opera singers at our house recording, um, opera singers sometimes rehearsing because he, he was a well, well known conductor, um, around the world. But anyway, my point is music was always in my life and it was real live music all the time, like often, or it was analog. And, um, that's a big new word for me. I like it. Thank you. Um, but this I'm very uh, suspicious best. of the new tech <laughs> I'm I'm suspicious of the new technology. I know about the science of frequencies. I know a little too much about how there was an intentional shifting from I think four thirty two to four forty Hertz, um, which is um what, what was a mood shift? changing.
1: The 440s. A440 is the tuning frequency, so 440 cycles per second or kilohertz or whatever it is. So when you tune a guitar, you tune a piano, the natural tuning note is an A, which starts the scale, A, B, C, D, E, F, uh, G, Uh, and then you go back to A again because it's an octave. An octave is is eight, therefore eight notes. And the definition of an octave is that the frequency doubles. So if you have a, a string, it has to vibrate twice as fast, or, or like when in a string on a guitar or a violin, you know, if you go half the length of the string, the octave happens. You've, you've doubled the frequency. You've shortened the wavelength by half. And that's the definition of an octave.
3: You're Ooh. a genius. <laughs> so um, yeah. oh. what, yeah, And so, there's a lot of discussion on this. I mean, it's not my forte, but I love it, on what frequencies of sound do what to our mood and why. Like, um, what,
0: like no. there's certain
3: frequencies that remove yeah. fear, like 396, 432, opening the heart chakra. That's my favorite to listen to in the house. 432 hertz. I'll, oh. I'll tell, I don't want to say her name and I probably shouldn't even have her, but my kids snuck her in one day and now I'm addicted to Alexa, you know? I'll tell her play 432 hertz music. Um, and it probably makes her angry. But anyway, it opens the heart chakra, <laughs> increases high, you know, spiritual development. But that would um, be a
1: component, though, because music covers all kinds of different hertz. I mean, frequencies are all over the place. If you figure, mm-hmm. you know, you cover five octaves in a, in a, in a song from the, the low bass, like in an orchestra, you've got the string bass at one end, you've got the cymbal at the other end. You're, and the cymbals are extremely high frequency. They're the highest frequency mm-hmm. there. So between the cymbals and the bass, you've probably got maybe, any, any, I don't know, five to ten octaves. That's going to cover a whole lot of hertzes multiple Hertz's
3: so the question is I don't and I certain... and I think listening to symbols repeatedly probably would have a certain emotional effect if you oh, just listen to and and I yeah. would um, <laughs> I, I and I would argue that that there is a lot of science and truth behind certain instruments actually do kind of change our mood and uh, you know you have hmm. the wind chimes the uh, uh, djembe rain stick I'm sure you've heard a rain stick or a didgeridoo.
1: I've played a didgeridoo. I used to do didgeridoo on tuba. (laughs) Of course I have. Exactly.
3: No, I Well, there's a lot of science, yeah. 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 those instruments are used in sound, you know, sound therapy. And, you know, as you know, music therapy for for a reason. It's very sacred, very ancient, um, better quality of sleep, boosting immunity, um, strengthening memory. And when it comes to sensuality and sexuality, Uh, Dopamine release and natural mood enhancer. And so this does tie in together with my main topic, but uh, there's so many flavors here. Pan flute. Let's
1: get back to your main
0: topic. (laughs) Well, even wind
3: chimes uh, have been proven to, isn't that interesting? Putting wind chimes on your porch, relaxing, soothing. We can't really have a great intimate if we are calm and confident and feeling connected. And music has been proven by... just tons of science to, and I don't want to be sexist here. I always pray, especially for women, it seems a little more so than women. And again, there's a spectrum, not across the board, everybody, but that there is nerve endings and emotional triggers with music. So it is, I believe wise and clever to make a very intentional playlist or maybe a few. And when your partner comes home or, um, when you all are you know wanting to be in the mood or have a special time to not just blindly put on music and just say alexa play whatever or you know put on your cd but to really intentionally choose it based on the instruments being used based on the frequency that a lot of the music now you can actually look for certain frequencies for certain mood um oh. and music that connects you all together that you both enjoy listening to
1: well, this is this is fascinating. I'll tell you a perfect example, and I bet you Bianchi has one too, uh, and you and, uh, Dorothy, I'm sure you as well. That's a friend of mine in college. Uh, you could always tell when he was entertaining a young lady and wanted to progress into intimate um, because we'd hear the best of Bread <laughs> coming out of his dorm room. Um, oh my God! The so, so Bread, this group from the '60s, and this, this is like his makeout music. We used to call that. He says, oh, he's got his makeout music on again. And it was hysterical, but we knew. But that apparently it was very successful because he kept playing it, you know. And so, uh, yeah. So so there is definitely make-out music. Pianki, what do you think?
2: Yeah, there's make-out music. Uh, make-out make music. Uh, I'm not a connoisseur on it, but uh, the whole idea sounds logical.
1: Okay. Well, let's, I'd be curious if there's, like uh, – black makeup music, white makeup music, Asian makeup music. I mean, because, you know, we we always have, have cross the boundaries here. But if, uh, like, I have a, a couple of folks interested in forming a group together, and they, mm-hmm. they've, uh, a couple of black musicians who have selected, uh, like, uh, who is that? I forgot. Well, first of all, it's Prince and, and someone else I'm not a, a huge fan of. Um, I'll think of his name in a minute. But anyway, it's just interesting. And I'm just curious, are... As we, we dive into the thing here, Pianki, is there are there differences, you know, like do do white guys pick white guy music? You know, for for this? And have you seen any trend with that? Dorothy, I'd be curious you as
2: well.
0: Is there, I is think there the, a you know, album,
2: um, the, music that, the music that black women used to adore? Was that a Teddy Pendergrass and uh, Barry White? Barry, I was thinking Barry White, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. Barry White, Good. Marvin Gaye. Yeah, I think that there, there's a lot of go-to artists that um, just the deep voice and the slow rhythm and the soothing, like, caressing um, well, way my, they sing is very effective for women. It's very um, – it just really puts us in a super snuggly mood. <laughs> okay.
1: So, so what do the white chicks listen to,
3: Dorothy? Oh, I don't know. Well, I love <laughs> – one of my favorite things, I mean – I think first of all, I do believe the music industry was co-opted a little bit, and this—I don't want to get into this specifically necessarily because it's a big topic. But the 440 hertz, um, that is the A, and that the is is a little newer apparently and used being used in the past 60 years more, and apparently prior, this have you heard this? I don't know that that 432 was um, was was uh, the greater frequency used in music, but they intentionally shifted it because it um, has a little bit of a fear and dark energy when it goes into the human mind. Have you heard this?
1: Well, different chords have different things. Like the key of D is a brighter uh, chord. The the minor chords are usually darker than the major chords. You'll find a lot of blues is in the minor chord. Uh, You'll find uh, like an E minor is is a darker chord than a G chord, for example uh, or for, for key, excuse me, not chord. Um, but I think a, the only thing I know about a 440 is that that's the, that's the standard for tuning. So everything is based around a 440. So when I have a tuning fork and I ring it, it rings a 440.
3: Are you curious? i was you curious know, how at, far that goes back. If that's always been that way or they if there no was a shift. Yeah, yeah that's so my why, that's my question, why, why because there are a, a the lot of people out there that say frequency. that didn't used to be that way. Yeah. They used to tune to 432. Isn't that interesting?
1: I have no idea. That that would be new to me. But I, as long as I've been in music, okay. I haven't played music since I was five years old. So we're going back a ways. Uh, it's always been mm-hmm. A440 is, is, is the standard. Middle C is the standard on a piano. That's the central point. A440 is your tuning frequency, and everything's based around that. That's just what they use. I don't know why. Guitars have an mm-hmm. A string, uh, but the lower string is an E string. Um, but um, I, rather than the physics of this, I'm more interested in the music. I'll tell you what's interesting, though. That uh, I mean, why do people go to rock concerts and go so crazy? And do they all have sex after the concert? You know, I mean, so so rock. Well, it's genre. known
3: for its, it's proven that it a hundred percent changes mood, and it can really? uh, it releases releases dopamine. Yes, changes mood, induces feelings of pleasure. Um, when uh, can lead to psychological rewards when it comes to music being associated with a certain activity. So. If, if music isn't paired with a sexual encounter, now you have uh, this kind of loop feedback um, where you want to play it again and again. So music will well, have like a nostalgic. Certain songs will, you know, create emotion because it's based on where you first heard it or what it makes you think of. Um, well, yeah, here's so the, definitely here's music brilliant. in the bedroom, yes.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, but definitely! Oh, I, I absolutely. We'll talk about better music in a minute. But I just thought of something really off the wall too. I'm, I'm doing the off the wall questions today. Has anybody mm-hmm. studied uh, population rates, uh, birth rates, uh, relationship psychology, divorce rates during different periods of music? In other words, what was going on during the swing era? What went on during the rock and roll era? What went on during the disco era? What went on during you know modern rock? Has anybody ever broken it down like that to analyze? you know, sex relationships and musical genres.
3: Well, I'm interested in, did the music come from the mood of the culture and people expressing themselves or was there influence from uh, powers that be that wanted to um, create certain moods and certain um, feelings of rage, fear, sadness during certain times? I mean, I don't know. At what point did, um, you know, we have this applied psychology that? Been used in our media, right? In our news, our mainstream news, yes. And uh, at what point well, did that enter the music industry, and how much did it influence? I that, think it's uh, That's the civil rights movement, or yeah. um, you know, free sex, <sighs> or or whatever. Is this intentional? Um, oh, supporting war yeah, efforts
1: like acid rock. I want to get Pianki's point though, but this is this is interesting. We'll talk about the '60s in a minute, free love, and all that wonderful stuff. Piaki? yeah,
2: that power was in the hand of the DJ. DJ playing Ah. slow slow dance music. The man would have his leg between the woman's legs, and the woman would have her leg between the man's legs. And they would slow dance and work their way over to the bass speaker where the vibrations come off. So, yes, it does.
0: That's like Mm -hmm. dance
1: floor sex. That's what you're describing. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Is that a well, thing? yeah, it or, is. Uh, uh, I just, I just for a young
2: out. man at 16, he would have premature occurrences just with their close
0: contact.
3: I mean, you can imagine, right? It's an excuse to touch and be intimate without this culturally accepted, right? I remember the scene from the movie. Was that um, what was that movie? Was that well, where they said keep a keep room for Jesus between you when they were dancing? Make sure there's room, <laughs> like a foot between you. Sounds keep like room for Luke Jesus. Luke. Was that so loose? <laughs> I think it was that loose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, listen. I remember you know junior high and high school dances. Yeah, you, you know you did not want to get uh, too excited on the dance floor, or get too close to your, your your female partner just for that reason. You know, we've all been sixteen. I know exactly what Bianchi's talking about. Yeah, that's that mm-hmm. thing. But uh, that was kind of fun, though. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I if like and
3: if there was any great. if there was any sort of. If there was sort of um, an intention by, you know, the powers that be to increase uh, sexuality, which there seems to be a lot of evidence to put much more emphasis on sexuality, was our yeah. music industry infiltrated in the 60s and 70s to try to create that? I love sexuality. I think it's wonderful, but too much emphasis on it distracts us from all the other beautiful things in life, like science and, and um, creating yeah. music and being outdoors. So there's a lot of evidence that, uh, there was an intentional overemphasis for youth on sex- sexuality being sexy um, <clears throat> versus other things, and I wonder if that. So I think is, it's worse now music- than it was in the '60s. Mm-hmm. I, I think things were more fun. Things I wonder were wonder when were, it started. Were,
1: mm-hmm. uh, that's a good question. Well,
3: I well the think, big curriculum,
2: ahead, the yes. big sexual curriculum in the '60s were paperback books in mm. the sleazy bookstores, Catcher in the <laughs> Rye, that kind of stuff, or, or are you talking that was earlier? It was a lot of uh, mean, the like, topics was whatever the the author you know desired. The paperback books would have uh, a lot of influence on teaching uh, young people what sex is all about.
3: Was it like sort of porn in books? Because I feel like I remember there was something, and I can't remember what it was called, but there was like this popular. Um, well, I, there was like a name for it. Little little short book. That were kind of like soft porn. Is that what you're talking about? A little I mean, Yeah, they were.
2: were. That's in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Porn was associated with video, visual, not text. Uh, but the, you know what? There was a, there was a movie with a uh, classroom setting, where the teacher was trying to get the kids to learn how to read. The, the students learn how to read. So he brought in some soft—I guess what you want to call soft porn—but he brought in some uh, paperback books on uh, sexual stories in it, and the kids learned how to read. Oh, I'm sure they did.
1: <laughs> That's fascinating. Um, didn't you guys get the Little Red School book? This was just put out in the, in the the 60s by these two Dutch folks, and they wanted to make sure that all us kids, you know, all around the world, had really intimate knowledge of what sex really was with all the words, all the, all the, the, the body parts and, the, you know, the, the vernacular uh, of the day. Plus, they want us to know that our parents, we didn't have to, you know, trust what they said. And the teachers were paper tigers and the administrators have no clue. And societies you know, basically effed, <laughs> you know, it was fascinating. We all read it. We're all told not to. Of course, we all did. I was like nine. What <laughs> an incredible book. So, oh, of course. course that
3: that they means- tell you not to yeah. read it. it the best,
1: best the way to get everyone, everyone to read it, make a big deal. But I don't know if it was in the United States, though. Did you guys remember that? Have you ever heard Mm-mm. of them? No. Oh. No, I don't remember that. Okay. That must have been a, a, a European, Canadian, and an Australian thing. Because it made it Australia, which is fascinating. Anyway, uh, the other thing about the You know, funny like, thing. Well, we tried to order
2: books like that through the mail, the postmaster would Oh. Yeah, I don't know how mm. we got a hold of it. We all managed
1: to get one it's kind of i mean how do, how do how do young boys get playboy magazines when you're not allowed to uh you know buy them well you got them somehow
3: they find a way don't they?
1: Always, We always Someone's had a friend. dad yeah. always
3: had a stash right someone's dad we, always had a stash
1: yeah. that someone knew about yep someone's dad was stupid <sighs> enough to let them be found, but that's okay you know we 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 definitely want because internet i, of course, the all it's, fun I, I that, think some
3: know. dads some dads felt it was helpful that that was their way of trying to get some sort of education when there's so much shame base and silence in our yeah. culture. Like that that's like okay, well that'll help him I I, I mean I've heard things said that that would yeah. support that. Multiple things. Well some dad um, yeah, take Playboy
1: so
2: Hustler you know, I want to talk about <laughs> Playboy, Hustler and men's magazine. Some of them you get used and the pages be stuck together for obvious reasons. But uh,
1: Oh, well gee, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> I know what you mean though. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, we do have graphic on the show sometimes. Well, here's said I was uh, – no, I totally mm-hmm. forgot my point. Uh, He's he, he got with the pages. Yeah, because we all had the fraternity magazines, you know, that you couldn't you – know, you could only read the articles in those magazines. Yeah, we know how that works. Yeah, okay. The things I'm sharing today, this is staggering. Um, back to record companies. The, uh, the thing I think that they want to do, I don't think they're pushing a particular kind of music. I think they're more uh, trying to keep the, the music that, that made a profit. So during the mm. rock and roll era, they would have resisted disco because they thought that uh, you know rock and roll made a profit or rock '70s rock made a profit. You know, and then they got into later in, in disco, and then they switched. So, well, this is making a profit now, so let's go with this. And then as new wave uh, came in, or like you know when Nirvana challenged the hair metal bands, well, wow, they're, they're a bunch of they they're terrible until they made a fortune. Wow, this one is great. You know, so I think the record companies are regressive and holding back the trends, but it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, the what was the great free love era was the '60s, allegedly. You know, you had psychedelic rock, acid rock. People, I guess, they were taking acid and listening to it. You know, everybody was smoking dope and listening to Pink Floyd. And uh, I don't know if that was, you know, partially sex-based, profit-based, or, or the kids just like the music.
3: I, I think that we have such a huge variety of music to choose from that if we're talking uh-huh. about increasing sexual and sensual pleasure in a couplehood experience experimentation is so much fun. Um, there are a few a few things you can intentionally move towards if you want to um, scientifically increase your pleasure during sex, and that's choosing songs with certain frequencies that have been shown to open the heart and increase intimacy. Mm-hmm. There are three of them, which I'll talk about. But, you know, you're talking about Pink Floyd versus, you know, um, Cardi B versus, you know, uh, Marvin Gaye, and, and, and I think for everybody, they'll have emotional associations with certain music, and there's also the science behind the deep voice, the vibration, um, the rhythm. Uh, there's been a lot of studies done, and, and, and we have great results on the amount of people that respond and feel more sexual or more intimate with certain music. So that, that research is out there. Um, and again, there's an individual spectrum. So if you're looking for um, the tried and true, it's it's the deep bass sounds, um, lower pitched instruments, um, the artist's tone of voice. A lot of people can't help but hear lyrics. Some people do, some people don't. If you're somebody who can't help but listen to lyrics, that's really important what what the musician's saying. If it's depressing, you know, love sings, I'm always heartbroken. There's so much of that music out there in pop culture right now that love is difficult, I'm heartbroken, I'm always being left. I'm always sad. I would get rid of that from the intimacy soundtracks. <laughs> I mean, that's my <laughs> recommendation. You know, there are very sexy, I mean, amazing music, and you can start to curate a playlist. And when you're having fun in bed, you can even just, if you are a partner and you have great communication and you've been together, you know, you can actually delete it uh, as you go. Like, oh, that, not that one, no. You know, but um, I definitely we have a playlists. For
1: partners you've got mm-hmm. the happy playlist you got the party playlist you got the, the 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 sex in bed playlist i mean you could you could you know be interesting to see how people select music for for the different moods you know uh, the music absolutely don't no do the killing. music
3: isn't affecting you mm-hmm. okay one time
2: let's go yeah Jackie, the, you, you had man you had groups like the uh, saturday night fever with uh john travolta the bj's that was hot you boy. had uh, yeah, that that, that, was, that was, a, was
1: something else. <laughs> I It's the BGs, not the BJs. But that's the funniest thing I've heard all BG's. day. BJs,
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah.
3: That's like when they and read well, we, movies that, to make it into porn movies. They change the title, right?
2: <laughs> oh no, it always was the BGs. Yeah, that, except for
3: Barry. Cool. You, know, you
2: know, you talk about two people experimenting. No, the thing that would go around with the women is that he don't know what he's doing. And, um, as, you know, women had a way of asking questions and Say, oh, he didn't know what he was doing. So uh, you had to come, to, you had to bring it. You couldn't come there to learn it. You had to bring it. And if you didn't bring it, then they would pass the word around that you don't know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I think most guys will find that older women that uh, Dorothy was talking about. We don't all talk about it, but uh, I think that goes on a lot more than, uh, uh, than, than people admit or, or think about as far as guys knowing what to do. Dorothy?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I am just know she said. Yeah, would speak it. out older women. Older women would be kind of like a tutor. <laughs> I
1: mean, well, I agree. I mean, someone's got to teach I think somebody, we've touched you know. on that before. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, let me ask you. We've have have touched to, on that before, and I think, that's, I think that's a real thing. I'm, I don't need to keep talking over you. Okay. Um, I haven't quite gotten the rhythm of the radio uh, discussion. <laughs> And um, part of that is being female, so we tend to talk over each other naturally, and if we can hear each other, but it doesn't it doesn't work so well on the radio. So I apologize. But um, no, I oh, I agree that is, uh, the older tutor is a lovely uh, concept, and it's an age old phenomenon. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I think it happens all the time. Uh, I, I don't think, like I say, it's being really talked about. But that's what I love about our shows—we talk about things that aren't talked about. And here's the thing: as far as the discussions go, you know, I mean, I try and regulate it, but I interrupt too. I'm as guilty as anybody. Um, and so we just we just talk. You know, as long as no one gets offended by the fact that we're all trying to talk at once sometimes, then it works out fine. Uh, I think Taffy's left us for a little bit, so uh, let me let me get, get on another question. Uh, and that is, <laughs> let's take you back to the dance floors when you were 16. You know what? What would you do? I've never asked this uh, question of a woman, but what would you do when you know back in the teenage years when you're dancing with a guy in a slow dance? Um, I, think so, a little... I
3: did not. I didn't do much of that. I was shy. I have a shy body, and I'm shy naturally, okay. and um, okay. and and a little more private than people who know what I do might believe. But um, <laughs> what I teach. Um, so I wasn't being on the slow dancing. I certainly didn't want someone pressed against me. And thankfully I was in a community and social groups in early um, East Tennessee. Um, they were uh, Christian based, not always, but usually in that community, in East Tennessee tends to be, East Tennessee in general tends to be, I'm just going to make a big blanket statement here. Not everyone, not all the places, but pretty respectful, right. pretty balanced between conservative and progressive, pretty inclusive. Um, I, I, it, kind of a safe space energetically, honestly. And I'm grateful that mm-hmm. I was raised there. I didn't have ex- too many experiences where I felt um, violated or uncomfortable. I felt like there was a community awareness of, of things in general ahead of their time. Um, mm. but, but I, I do want to say that so music was such an integral part of my upbringing that I definitely would say with boyfriends, uh, as soon as I had boyfriends at teen years, it, it was like every boyfriend I had was heavily into music and was actually emotionally driven by music. That's really interesting. Um, it was usually I, I was usually dating, and when that happens, when you have somebody it seems like that that is more sensitive sensually, if that makes sense, that can be difficult mm-hmm. teen years. so a lot of times those type of people in teen years might look like the rebels, right they're not really marching to the beat, excuse the pun, uh, you know, the skate, the skaters, the goths, the guys in bands, they don't exactly fit in necessarily in teen years in the mainstream, but they end up being really cool people to hang out with and talk to. And if they're supported at all, they become fantastic adults. So that was more what I gravitated towards is, um, people and guys that, uh, were very connected to music and, um, even dark music, right? Especially in teen years, the darker sort of messaging, rebellious, dangerous. Um, And and, and if you continue to grow as an adult, you do integrate that into your womanhood and and hopefully you move away from that and you have a huge uh, repertoire of music to draw on when you're in an emotional mood or you need to rage or you need to skip around the house and sing or you need to cry i mean the goal is to have this wide spectrum of, of emotions you can tap into and music can help us do that and never get stuck in one. right it helps us um tap into the richness of of our spirit yes mm-hmm. um yeah. that was a lot i just said a lot but um no didn't have to okay. slow dance and have that weird experience with the team, thankfully <laughs>
1: I think it was pretty natural, actually, because hormones being what they are uh, at that age. So I'd be curious to, to talk to women who are like, "Yeah, that was great," you know, it was like flattering, or they was like, "Oh, that was disgusting," you know. So I think. Well, I it's
3: think in just, public, right? So I think, I think most people yeah, know. Because it's a, who would know?
1: The only two oh, people who would know. Oh gosh, it's
3: so I'm awkward. Cool. Like in high school, like if there's the guy <laughs> that just can't help himself and he's pulling you too close, and you can feel his c getting hard on your leg. I mean, that is. Most girls have would have a reaction of a little bit of discomfort to say the least, you know, most girls aren't really ready for that. And especially with the the absolute mess that is our sex ed we don't have we have horrible non existent sex ed. You know, so no one – girls aren't really prepared for the hormones that the boys are having at that age a usually. A boys aren't prepared and either.
1: I <laughs> think the boys are just as embarrassed going, oh, no, you know, I want to be close, but not too close. <laughs> no, healthy, that a healthy not person. That's Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's what that's, – that's I a, think that's the normal person. reaction. I don't know if I talk about this. You know, this is one of those things that the guys wouldn't talk about in junior high or high school. <laughs> but it's, a, it's just, I'm sure that's a fairly common, you know, slow dance occurrence, I would guess just having just an, an
3: intended erection
1: well you know you're, you're dancing with a uh, you know a really mm. cute babe you know you're like 15 16 years old at the dance what are you going to do
3: yeah so what things. do you do you this body... is a wonderful question i mean look okay, great sex ed comes okay. back well, to great sex ed. i would love I'll for middle schoolers to you. learn
1: you, you back up have... about an inch you know or two. yeah you want to be close but not too close i mean this is and, and you i just...
3: imagine what if you prepared a boy, like, the way, okay, we prepare girls when they're 12, we send them to school with supplies for their period. We tell them don't wear white pants during this entire year because that's, you know what I'm saying, like, we, we prepare them. What if we prepared boys and said, you know what, spontaneous erections are going to occur. Here's some tight underwear, like, not tight, but, like, so the testicles are cramped, but... You know, maybe some firmer underwear, maybe teaching them. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. You're a boy. I'm not teaching them to line it up in a certain way. Because, like, if it's off to the side, doesn't isn't that more obvious if it gets erection versus that straight up and down? No, and I you think, I see think as the, much?
1: the, the your underwear would, would make it worse, quite frankly. Um, no, okay. just okay. because, you, you, you know, uh, from, speaking from a guy, now we're getting real personal here. You, you need the room. No,
0: please. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Yeah, you need the room. The side underwear is the yeah. worst thing you can do. You know, it's just, you don't want to restrain, you know, it's the same idea. Why would you put corsets on women and compress their organs? It's a horrible thing.
3: Okay, so hold on, but you know, so so wait. I want to yeah. go back to decreasing the embarrassment of the teen boy, because this to oh, me okay. is a yeah. pivotal, I've never had this conversation. I love sex Neither ed, and, and how it's can we help teen boys? We prepare girls for their period. We prepare girls for their boobies. We prepare girls. We take them to the special bra store, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we, we should be. Don't get me started. We should be. Yeah, what's the they We do not prepare
1: young boys for corrections. Okay, yeah. So, what's, so I would actually, if I was like the, the Boy Scout coach or, or uh, the dance teacher or something like that, it's like, guys, here's what's going to happen when you get too close. And actually, you know, that's actually a good thing that happens. I think the bigger problem is if it didn't happen, quite honestly, you know, uh, just because you know any guy that's like confused right. about his sexuality, 100%. that's going to yeah. end it right there. Okay, there's going to be no confusion. 100%.
3: Whatsoever. We don't ever want to shame so anyone. Yeah,
1: but you don't want to shame it exactly. So, so you uh, want to
3: praise uh, it. In fact, it's a wonderful well, body part. And, it works beautifully. You're going to need it later. Yep. I want grandbabies. Be grateful yep. it works. But and here's how you cannot embarrass that's yourself. Exactly so, right. Your
1: body parts work, guys. You know, so it's going to work just fine. But you have to talk to the women too, because you want to prepare them for this, because they're probably shocked because no one told them. By the way, if you get too close to a guy, you know, who's entering puberty and his hormones are raging, uh, then the, the the natural man part is going to do its natural thing. And that's perfectly yeah. normal. So it's both both the, the young boys and the – well, the young men and the young women need to know, this is normal. This is going to happen. And the slow dance, why not? It's not
3: why, only normal. You know, it's wonderful and healthy. It's wonderful exactly.
1: and healthy. The pheromones are But although fine, it's wonderful there, and healthy. The energy is there, you know, so the music is there. Well, what you do, like I said, the simple solution, I'll, I'll be calling honest. a simple solution, you just back up enough that you're still dancing close but not too close. In other words, you don't, you know, have your man part where it's going to be noticed. <laughs> Oh, oh. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but anyway, but that's what you—that's you know—that's that's you know, that's, that's, I, that's how the guys get through junior high, you know. And uh, I think we did talk. Oh, I must have had this conversation. And can my, they put
3: their hands my, in their pocket? Doesn't that friends. help? Doesn't it help if you put the your like if your your you're standing in front of people? Um, if you're standing if a oh, boy is in front of, kind of people dance and a happens. Floor
1: or any time. Dance I'm talking or about any
3: time. the spontaneous erection on the dance floor, oh, elsewhere, all the time. What what are the what are the tools? Hmm. Let's get it. Let's have yeah, it
1: out i have been to think back a bit. Well, whatever you do, this is another reason for loose-fitting clothing. The, fir- the first thing is you don't want anybody to notice. Uh, the second thing, you know, like the old saying, you want know, to think about baseball or something else as quickly as possible. Because, guys, I think – now, here's something that would be fascinating is to teach, teach young men. You know, as your body is all of a sudden doing things it never did when you were five years old, um, you know, the, the brain has an amazing amount of control over this. Yeah. You know, you, you can you – can, I'm getting more graphic. You can think one up or you can take one down simply by what you're thinking.
2: It's that simple.
1: And
3: this is, here's the benefits of meditation. Let's tie it all in. Okay. So there's so many schools now teaching meditation as um, to youngsters. And I think one of the benefits would be where do you want your brain to go to be able to control your thoughts, right? To be able to get rid of thoughts mm-hmm. you don't want and, and, and entertain sure. your thoughts. And so if, your brain, if you're used to practicing that where you control your thoughts, I imagine that would help with a spontaneous erection in an unwanted place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it happens that often. You know, usually it's going to be sex ed class would be a great place where it would happen pretty spontaneously uh, on the mm-hmm, dance floor mm-hmm. when the pheromones are all going and the and you're all a little sweaty and you're kind of athletic anyway and the energy energy's going mm-hmm, and the music's playing, mm-hmm. you know. And then of course later on in life, you know, as you're once you reach the drinking age, you throw some alcohol into the mix, you know, in the dance clubs. But that's what they're for. I mean, they're doing everything to in- inspire sex without actually saying on the walls, you know, go home and have sex. You've got the music, you've got the alcohol, you've got, uh, you know, the conducive environment, you know, I mean, uh, you've got men and women getting together. What do you think is mm-hmm. going to happen? <laughs> you know, but yeah, but I think uh, this is what I think it would be really, I don't know, I'd love to, to do like a joint class with you working with people simply because I think there's a guy perspective missing uh, on things like this. And I think that in order for us to understand each other, we almost have to, you know, meet separately as, you know, women coaching women, men coaching men, but you got to get There has to be a component where we talk together about something like this, you know, you know, junior high dance floor erections, you know, the school dance, what are you going to do, you know, and uh, it's going to happen. So that's fascinating.
3: Well, you you know, I'm just, I just want to say, although I understand that the tighter underwear might have a disadvantage, you know, Uh I kind of I I think maybe it holds it. own. Well, end. you're trying it to be, physically, not mentally. Well, yeah, because it's, so it's not flopping time. out. It's not flopping out. Have you ever seen um, Kevin Hart has this hilarious comedy sketch? Uh, look it up if you haven't, where he talks about his dad coming to see him at school. Have, have y'all either? Oh, Pionki's gone. No, um, I don't. Know. I to see. I don't know this one though. Okay, well, it just reminds me. So, you know, instead of having okay. it large and flopping around in sweatpants, you know, you have it kind of constrained. Not that you need to, but I just, for the comfort of the teen boy that, you know, where this is a reality, um, I'm going back to, I'm, I'm advocating for the tighter underwear. I'm just going to, I'm just going to. Okay. I think that might be uh, a good idea. I don't, I don't
1: think that, I <laughs> think that would actually make it worse because the resistance of the, the tighter underwear is going to make it worse.
3: Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be able control. to stick out. And well, doesn't so does really
1: don't pants. I mean, I, I do you know. I mean, how many guys have ever stuck out? That'd be like the height of embarrassment. You, you just, because just if you have, of, well,
3: I mean, because it's it's usually up in the underwear. It's usually up, and then if it gets erect, then it's like kind of and if it doesn't have anywhere anything to hold it, it's going to come out and poke out, especially with athletic shorts. But if you have a firm pair of like briefs, yeah.
1: I don't know. Okay.
3: Well, we are definitely
1: off topic, yeah. but I think it's very interesting. No, that's okay. No, that's, but, uh, that's <laughs> the whole point of the show. Is to get back. Oh, boy, well, I like getting off topic. We can get back to music, but this is something that uh, well, that's that's an interesting question. You know, it, restraining you know erections with tighter underwear. I don't, I don't think phys- physiologically that's that's a, a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, because you got well, I mean, just, we're talking you've got, about You've got a blood flow so problem. Not. You could have, you actually do physical damage if it's really restrictive. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking.
3: Well, we're not talking about, like, duct taping everything down. we just like a <laughs> firm pair of cotton So no. <laughs> I but mean, that's it, a whole it, other I topic. That's, I, that's kink. Yeah. We're not doing that. Yeah,
1: no, I think a decent pair of jeans provides plenty of, you know, room and cover at the same time.
3: Well, then let's talk but about so let's say, Okay, so jeans. I recommend jeans. For yes, yeah, so okay. they're nice and firm. A lot of kids are not wearing jeans. They're wearing these silky athletic shorts. So, yeah, so a as, yeah. as, as suggestion to teen okay. boys might be hey, you know, you might live in jeans for a little while until your body kind of balances out. You know, you might, you know, just some suggestions. Yeah. No,
1: that's fine. That's fascinating, yeah.
3: Or it's interesting because as we're talking, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking it up really quick, and there's a lot of questions. A lot of people on Quora are asking this question. Hey, can I? Can I is there any underwear that can prevent my erection from showing? I mean, this is apparently a, a hot topic item that people want to know.
1: thing? I had no idea. Well, cause maybe Yeah. And this, this is kind of strange, but I operate so strongly in the mental world as opposed to the physical world that my, yeah. my brain would not let me be embarrassed. You know, Ever since I learned how to, you know, you can, con- as I say, I think guys can control themselves, but you need some brain lessons. You need to be able to switch from, you know, the hot babe image in your head to, I don't know, polar ice caps, <laughs> you know, something like that. You think of well, these caps,
3: kids are asking, how do I, these kids are saying I'm to- trying to wear two pairs of boxers, is it unhealthy to wear tight underwear that holds down erections? Um, well, it, I, I just turned it. 14. I'm embarrassed at gym and my gym shorts. What do I do? Aww. Um
1: okay. Play the game. Keep your mind off uh, off the babes in the class. Is it co-ed gym or is it, we're talking about boys' gym? Well,
3: they're That's saying actually really just good
1: have for, a... for a separate gym, boys' gym and girls' gym. I agree. Gym, besides the fact that I'm the, not a of fan the of the co-ed. I
3: feel like we'll do co-ed okay. activities that are intentional, but let's let kids have a lot of time with their... with separate in certain years. were are sensitive. I agree. Yeah. What would
1: be a good age for that? Because I, I had an interesting experience. I was co-ed when I was a kid in Canada. Uh, and then in Australia, I went to an all-boys school. And then in the United States, I was back to co-ed again.
0: So
3: years That's a great we're question. And there's two schools yeah. of thought. And I, I believe very strongly from teaching sex ed that we need to have conversations with the other gender genders, to include everyone mm-hmm. here, um, we need to have conversations. We need both of them. We need, we need to do scripting, dialoguing. Yet uh, we deserve, as is natural in humanity from the beginning of time, to have natural gender segregation. What I mean by that, and here we go, here comes the offensive opinions. But there are traditionally feminine activities that that that. Um, there are traditionally feminine times where we gather as women in the feminine. Uh There was the red tent, which is a beautiful old tradition. When, you know, a woman entered her menstruation time and the women honored her rubbed her feet, gave her oil, special food. She was separated from men. And that sort of tradition I believe is very beneficial. And I think we would do a great service to our kids if we honored their um, gender and sexuality in a non-sexual way, but in a kind of a, you know, tribal type of emotional way, ritualist, you know, way from a younger age so that they had time alone with the dudes doing dude stuff. The girls had time alone with the girls doing fun girl things. And then we also come together and have great conversations, great celebrations, great dialogue um, with, with mutual well, respect. You,
1: you. Mm-hmm. There, there are no parties for a guy's first direction. <laughs>
3: there, there should be. be. Well, yeah. some tribes have it that. You right? That, that there is indigenous What's tribes that? that absolutely do do take the boys at a certain age and celebrate them, and okay. a lot of it's very controversial. Uh, it wouldn't be applauded very much in our society. but there are, yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of that in life,
1: and some other things go on. I watch Roots. I know what happens. There's a scene of that. In there. Oh, yeah. It's,
0: I don't the, know that the,
1: one. Oh, yeah. Go back to Roots. They actually have a. They don't describe it exactly in graphic detail because it was, you know, 1970s TV. But uh, one of the scenes in Roots, you know, back when Kunta Kinte was, was uh, you know, back in the tribe before he was captured and sold as a slave, uh, they have, uh, you know, the young boys become men, you know, by circumcising at the age of, what, 10 or 11 or something like that, which mm-hmm. is a whole lot mm-hmm. different, you know, than at two or three days. I'm against it anyway because I'm if the good it Lord
3: completely. wanted
1: us circumcised, we wouldn't have we been born the way we're born.
3: So the roots uh, of it are all religious and manipulative and, and not based uh-huh. on real science. Even the cleanliness. I mean, none of my boys are circumcised. I, I researched it on my own and it's not because it's a family uh-huh. tradition not to do it. My family tradition is uh-huh. to do it. But I researched it yeah. being a nurse and um, being a critical thinker and I was horrified by what I learned. Um, thankfully now in the US we have eighty percent uncircumcised now versus I think it was forty percent in the
1: eighties. That's 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 new. And there was a big actually this part of the instrument in the eighties. Was it was an uncircumcised, un- uncircumcision movement? This is another topic we haven't talked about on the show, but we should, because mm-hmm. I remember that's part of the men's movement. And so, guys, uh, you know, of my generation, you know, I think I would it's probably like ninety ninety five percent were circumcised, yeah, just because mm-hmm. that's what was done, you know. But when you think about it, that's that's uh, that's unnecessary surgery without the consent of the person being operated on. So why would you do well, that? It's also, well, also, I mean, it's
3: also you know, you so many nerve endings in the foreskin. The foreskin is yeah. full of rich nerve endings. It protects the glands, meatus. Um, if you're having sex with a man that is uncircumcised, you're less likely to get the vaginal kind of chafing um, because the, the the skin moves up and down with the vaginal canal versus rubbing and friction. I mean, there's so many reasons. You probably know them as well as I do. But agreed, it's, it's genital surgery. No difference. No, 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 no difference than no a clitorectin. I mean, not no different. I mean, a little not quite as brutal as a clitorectomy, but in the same ballpark, for right. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. is
1: done up quickly, and, you know, you know, you, you talk to, to parents of, of our generation. So why did you do it? Well, because everybody did it. Well, that's no reason. You know, I had my tonsils out when I was five years old. Well, you had tonsillitis. Well, everybody did it that age. You know, we don't take tonsils out as much as we used to. But unnecessary surgery is unnecessary surgery. Unless you can get the consent of the person to do it, and, of course, then the question is, well, you can't get consent from a boy who's like two days old. Well, then you shouldn't do it. <laughs> you know, there is no medical necessity. Uh, we had a doctor who did a radio show in, in San Francisco that was hugely against this. So this is big. This, like I said, this came out of the 80s movement, the men's movement, and I think that's probably why the reduction in this country is so great. Because the rest of the world, uh, uh, unless you're Jewish or I don't know if Catholic citizen, I think, but I think it's mostly Jewish tradition uh, to circumcise. But uh, I think mm-hmm. that's about it. That's all that's left in the world. I don't think anybody else does.
0: And,
3: and it's it, and it, and it interestingly bled. Uh-huh. Well, that's a terrible pun. It interestingly seeped into you know non-Jewish culture, and following that pathway is very interesting. Like what, this what, who said right? what, who who affected this, who did this,
0: yeah. like
3: really getting into it is, is kind of alarming. But I want to yeah. get back to this. Uh, Now I'm so interested because there are actually underwear out there intentional for (laughs) hiding erections, which is such a good thing. Erection hiding
0: underwear. Yes. And it comes down to two
3: factors. Uh Fabric that's tight enough to hold it down and fabric that's thick enough to reduce definition. Um, uh, Some people are suggesting swim jammers. The the, the clothing hides your (laughs) gun. You don't
1: see you're carrying a gun. Okay, this is interesting. (laughs) Keep going. I'm curious.
3: Yeah. Some people are suggesting <laughs> swim jammers, those thick spandex-based swimming suits that like the um, competition yeah. swimmers wear. Yeah. Or well,
1: like I say, just use your brain. That's why the good Lord gave you one, men.
3: And they're saying, you know, uh, keep it upright, keep it upright. Well, but Greg, you're a unique kind of person. And, um, you know, we, we want to speak so. to everyone. And a lot of kids get okay. so nervous that they're going to get it that they yeah. actually well, make them are get different. one. You well, know? different.
1: I'm not speaking yeah. about the kids. the kids. We're yeah.
3: talking about
1: teens. Oh, we talking about kids,
3: teen, teen underwear? I'm not okay, talking so, about so, grown men. Grown men are on their own. Y'all need to just <laughs> figure it out. And I don't think grown men are that wonderful. embarrassed of erections yeah. usually. But I think a teen yeah. boy entering puberty and, and it's such a difficult time anyway. We should help them out. So if that okay. if that's something we can do to give them assistance, Good well, we point. should.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, well, I, you know, like I say, meditation, can you meditate, you know, in, in your classroom seat, you know, and just, you know, listen to the teacher, meditate, you know, uh, let down your manhood and, uh, and everything's cool.
3: I think once you have a great meditation practice, uh, you can take it anywhere. I know this. I know this because I've meditated for many, many years. I teach meditation. Uh, once you okay. do it regularly, it's like anything. You can take it anywhere in, in your day. And I want to make sure that I round up by going back to music, if that's okay, because I, I want to make sure, sure that um, I, I did cover okay. the topic I said I would. So my my recommendation for couples is to make a playlist, a playlist for sex, a playlist for um, connection time, music that means a lot to you, that has emotional connection for both of you, that reminds you of experiences you had together, um, maybe incorporating the frequencies of 432 hertz which is heart chakra frequency supposed to lead to greater levels of emotional clarity, um, spiritual development, 639 Hertz, which also affects the heart chakra, um, producing positive feelings, um, actually increasing harmonious interpersonal relationships, 639 Hertz music. You can actually look it up on Spotify at 520. I mean, look up, you can, you can tell Spotify or your music app, I want to listen, you know, that you want to listen to these hurts musics and just experiment and see how it makes you feel. I mean, I'm, I've been very surprised. It's very effective. I do it for my dogs when they're stressed out. I do it in my family when there seems to be a lot of tension. 100% works. Um, and a third frequency for interpersonal, for like couples, to maybe explore is 528, which is known as the love frequency. And um, mm. it's a solfeggio frequency. Have you, have you heard of that, the solfeggio? Which one? There's uh, frequencies called the solfeggio frequencies that have been studied. uh, I heard arpeggio. It's a series of tones um, used in sacred music. And many alternative medicine practitioners, and I should say, you know, holistic wellness practitioners um, have researched this and found that it has positive effects on human health. So one of those is 528 hertz. And um, it's it's known as like the miracle note. And if you can go way back, native indigenous populations, this has been used as a sound associated with like blessing ceremonies, um, sacred rituals. 528 hertz. So explore those three, making playlists, intentional playlists, and having fun, and just uh, maybe play them during sex, and and see how it affects your sexuality, and your intimacy, and your mood. Yes.
1: I love it. Um, I think. <laughs>
0: <there'll>
1: be-
3: <laughs> This is fun
1: when you're talking about frequencies in music, uh, because you can play one tone at one frequency, and it's you're all you're going to hear is one note and it's going to be the same continuous note but music you know you might have uh instruments set at a particular frequency, and you're going to get you know more of that note or more of that tone, but mm-hmm. because music is so varied, you know you can't regulate it to one uh frequency it's just it's mm-hmm. not going to work unless you're playing a single mm. note instrument that only plays a single note.
3: Well, well you know, like try it if you like haven't, and, to and a you'll special.
0: see how, and they're
3: doing that. So they'll, they'll, it's are predominantly playing notes and um, tones that are that frequency. So so if you play, like if you tell, say you want to hear 528 hertz, you'll notice it is uh-huh. sort of not monotonal, but it's not all over the place, like a lot of pop music, or a lot of other music.
1: Hmm. Well, like I mean, you might consider it
3: boring. It might be considered boring. Yeah.
1: No, but I mean, classical symphonies probably have the greatest range of of frequency range, would be in a big symphony orchestra, you know? Mm-hmm. So, But uh, but a rock band has a much narrower range because the bass and the guitar are at a fairly moderate tone. You know, the drums or bass drums are lower. The cymbals are the highest, and voices, usually, if they're going to carry, that's why higher voice people, you know, sing rock and roll, you know, like Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin – you know, or some of the modern singers with higher voices, the lead vocals has to be higher to get over that mid range. But in rock and roll, there's a tremendous amount of mid range. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that. I think that was the same in disco. I think rock and roll had a little higher range, just because they didn't have as much guitar and bass. It was more vocal. And I think the swing mm-hmm. bands, which were all instruments, well, they have no, they have vocals too. But I mean, the the, the classic swing songs like uh, Sing, 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 In the Mood, things like that, um, that was a big frequency range too. So mm-hmm. I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. So how it's a target work, frequency
3: we're talking about in this music. So like the music revolves exactly. around this okay. frequency versus other ones. And so the effect on mood and, oh. and energy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but if you want to well, do you, more research on them, which, I mean, you've, you've got some covered already, but it's just fascinating. But, uh,
3: I now, mean, for I me, have... I, I believe when I experiment with myself and my family, I'm always open. I don't believe in everything. I, you know, right. but, but if I hear about it from reliable sources enough, you know, And this is like also moving from allopathic medicine, which I did, into holistic wellness by years mm-hmm. of research and proof. And it's harder to find that evidence. You have to dig deep. And, and I uh-huh. hate to say it, but I believe there's a reason this knowledge is kept from us. If everyone knows about the healing frequencies of music and the human body, and we add mm-hmm. that to our repertoire of plant medicine, we add that to our repertoire of um, so many things. You know, we no longer need medicine. These huge corporations aren't going to make the money they have. So um, for me, I've experimented. I've played with (laughs) musical frequencies. I've played with emotional. When I teach women um, sensual dance and um, intuitive movement, we play with music intentionally to evoke emotion. I have ladies lying on my floor crying sometimes. I have ladies you know climbing a pole in glee and flipping and flying and saying oh my gosh i've never been able to do that when you played that song and i danced all of a sudden it got really strong this is real and um and you know so i i I just advocate everyone kind of experiments for their own don't take my word for it but plays with these frequencies and plays with um really paying attention to how music is affecting you not just listening to whatever's on the radio right you know, really hearing you know, the messaging it, and being intentional.
1: Uh, well, this is fascinating. I mean, there's a reason. And You talk about Big Pharma making all the money. There's a reason that I, I seek out wellness people all the time for the show. We've lost a few. want uh, We need more uh, because it is so important that Big Pharma is one of our greatest dangers. This is why uh, Heather's on. She's busy today. But uh, the whole idea of, of having diets that work. You know, the uh, I was reading uh, one of the chapters. We'll go over the first chapter next week. But talking about the the, uh, the the American Medical Association or the folks that came up with the, the those dietary you know regulations, they're killing people because they're all wrong. And but yeah. the sugar companies, the food companies, and the, the corn oil companies, rich. And so we've got some serious problems in this country. Big pharma. There's no excuse for big pharma not having liability when my local donut shop has liability for their donuts.
3: You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's they pick on the small people. The, the small people are picked on. You and I are all responsible for pollution and climate change, yeah. but the corporations that actually pollute and put out all the stuff, they're immune. I mean, don't get me started. You and I see eye to eye on this. Oh, no, I'm not going to. The well, friend, I agree. Elon Musk, you know, Musk even said true. the climate, Elon Musk, I don't know if he that recently said that the climate change, uh, that actually it's not what they're telling us it is, and we're fine.
0: No, but um,
3: have, well, I know he's, he's everyone, they're going to hate him, aren't they? Well, I'll say
1: we, we need to talk about the sexuality of, of public figures, too, as the, who's, who's sexy and who's not. I mean, is power the ultimate aphrodisiac? So I want to, to talk about that. Let's get, back to, let's get back to wellness for a second, because I had a thought as we were talking. We talked about the young guys, you know, over-erecting. But let's talk about the older guys, the, old, the, the Viagra guys, the guys that bring problems. What if there's a frequency of music that got them off Viagra? What if there's a frequency mm. that allowed their bodies to, to – that blood flow to flow more naturally? Uh, we could we could end a whole lot of, of chemical dependencies simply with music and, and thought and meditation and a bunch of other stuff. Has that been tried? Is that a thing with, with male medicine? Is male medicine a thing? Let me ask that question. <laughs> I know you have to go in a couple of minutes because we've been over, over. I here. do need
3: to go now but because I have children arriving and dogs whining and okay, I haven't because. Um, but let I oh. love the whole mythology of Viagra being necessary. Um, again, a great topic because it's not. There is many contributions to erectile dysfunction. There's mythology that erectile dysfunction is not part of a normal spectrum, which it is. And there's all kinds of things. The whole um, push for um, penile vaginal penetrative sex versus all the other flavors of sexuality. So Viagra really only pretends that that's the only thing that matters. And women all over the world are saying, oh, no, we like a lot of other stuff. <laughs> let's let's go well, let's like for a while. <laughs> yeah. There's so many other things we can do. Um,
1: this is a topic for next week too or this is a topic Let's for, do that about Four different topics today for, for, for shows You're never going to run out of time And
3: then we won't even show. talk about them yeah, We'll end on. up doing something else entirely And that's okay too Exactly <laughs> yeah.
1: so You never have to worry about, <laughs> about material so just, Even if you don't have anything prepared it's like, What do you want to talk about? I don't know, we'll figure something out anyway, Well, music and sexuality
3: is, is a wonderful topic And I appreciate it because yeah. it's, it's close to my heart And it's what I practice with women And personally So thank you for suggesting that That was beautiful and I encourage everyone to go to their local record store and get some uh, music from a real small business and. Um, yep. During the holiday season. Mhm.
1: Vinyl is sexy. Natural yeah. sounds are better. I'll we'll oh, talk about. Sure. I'll say about <laughs> tube amplifiers over over solid state amplifiers and why tube amps are better. We'll talk about that sometime Oh. Too.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, it, have a great week, it is from <laughs> Thanks Josh. Yes. Take especially care. if it vibrates. Okay. Yeah, wonderful talking to you.
1: Website (laughs) contact.
3: Oh, (laughs) my website's back up after some a lot of glitches, and um, so it's you know it's not the most professional website, but it tells you what I do, and you can sign up for working with me, or you can see a little bit of what I do, and um, it's yoniyun.com, y-o-n-i-y-u-n. That means um, yoni as in the female uh, sexual parts, and yun as in rhythm, y-u-n, yoniyun. And uh, I'm Dorothy Diana on Facebook. So always welcome for questions and connections and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, suggest topics. <laughs> ask questions. Questions we can bring up on the show. So if people want to contact mm. you, you know, we'll just give names and things like that. But if people want to ask you questions that they maybe don't want to call in and have people recognize their voice, you know, then uh, feel free. Do it that way. We have a live chat mm-hmm. as well. Thanks, Darlene. So this much fun. fun.
3: Thank you, Greg. Yeah. Yes.
1: All
0: right. <laughs> all right. We'll
3: talk you take soon.
1: Take
0: care.
3: You
1: that's too. Bye bye. Next week. All right. Bye now. So yeah, folks, if you want to call the show, there's, there's many ways to do it. We've got uh, we you can call us two one five three eight three three eight three two. We have live chat, uh, which is working today. Uh, we also have a Skype line if you want to call internationally. Oh, uh, the live chat works worldwide too. So Skype line, we have a Skype line to the show that's only you know operating during the show. And what you want to do is is call ahead of time so I can approve. You know your 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 number of conversation things like that uh, and then you can call the, the show directly and it shows up as a special member here uh, on my board so all those things are possible And while I'm doing uh, this kind of stuff also if you want to help us out here and keep us going with our lobbying mission or uh, and bringing you programming that nobody else would even think of or dare doing I think something tells me uh, we have a give Send, go account at givesendgocom dot com slash action radio and also for our sponsors folks that want to uh, sponsor the show, get advertising, things like that. Uh, PayPal.com slash PayPalMe slash action radio All right, play a couple things here, and uh, I'll come back. Uh, like I say, Heather won't make it today, so we've got an hour. Uh, we're open, and we can go over stuff we've gone over before on the show today. Uh, anything else that's on your mind, and uh, feel free to let me know. And otherwise, I'll just ramble for about uh, the rest of this hour. Uh, I'll be back in a minute. From Addiction to Achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with MyPillow and now goes to MyCoffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida, Stand Your Ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elba Street, The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going, an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce. So our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's Strikeforce Energy. Start your engines. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed. Through writing the laws by which we are governed Action Radio. Wow. All these noise in the recordings and things. It it sounds kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, it's just me right now. So I'm on my cell phone. I apologize for that. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, I'm still trying to get uh, um, meters on our studio screen so that I can tell when I'm broadcasting and when I'm not broadcasting. Uh, Cause that's, that's no fun. <laughs> no fun not knowing that. Uh, and I'm also concerned. I'm not sure what's going on with, with the fact that, uh, and this, this, this is rare, but it's, it's happening. It's happened a couple of times now where my microphone is disconnected. There's something, the connection is being broken somehow. And as soon as I don't hear my, uh, um, my microphone, you know, in or, or in other words, I don't hear myself over my headset. I hear it actually come out the speakers. My voice comes out the speakers. Once that connection is broken, there's no way I can get back into the show. I have to call in on the cell phone, so that's really embarrassing and, and annoying. And I'm not sure why. Cause my Microphone works. I just replaced the cord, so that works. Uh, in fact, it was working fine at first, and then uh, so there's something. Say. I got to find a way to get back into the show without turning it off and starting it again. That's something the ask blog talk about. Okay, that's enough of the business stuff. The fun stuff. Fun stuff. This is a great weekend. Uh, especially yesterday and so uh, it's kind of funny I've got uh, a little bit of car trouble so I'm biking I'm biking around for for the next like couple days and so that'll be taken care of but um, so in fact you'll see a video (laughs) so I went to the gym on my bike and then I came back and I uh, uh, stopped by my favorite gun store, uh, Stand Your Ground and I was just uh, hanging out and talking to to Jason Myers uh, who's the owner, I played a commercial for him earlier Uh, and he's got this green thing in his office I'm like What's that? That's flamethrower. Really? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Want to try it? Sure. <laughs> of course. Try to throw some gasoline in it. We got right? So and that's on my Facebook video. It's on my personal page. So if you're not, uh, uh, I think it's probably a public post. You can check it out. But also, the best place is the Action Radio Gun page. And so we have our Action Radio Gun Group. That's public. And so we've got it there. And the it shoot's at least a 20-foot flame. It's pretty wild, anyway. So I thought that was uh, that was way fun, and I was just thinking you know, I was talking to Dorothy that uh, maybe it'd be a great you know great date. <laughs> hey, honey, you want to go try that flamethrower? Or, honey, they probably say that after you've been dating. But anyway, point being, that's what might be kind of fun. So that's what I was doing uh, this weekend. Uh, got to uh, to go shoot at the range too. So there's uh, there's a lot of fun things happening. Uh, so anyway, just check out Standing Ground. You know the, the the official range isn't opened up yet. The public one um, isn't, but um, but anyway, uh, so that's but that's they, they got stuff. They got the rage room. They've got the uh, um, not paintball's not up yet. Archery I think might be soon. The axe throwing is there, and some of the other stuff, and it's got a great store and everything. Okay, anyway, they're friends of mine, so you know that's uh, that's that's the fun part of this. Now tomorrow's gonna be interesting. Tomorrow, assuming my my mic and you know Cord will work, I'll be on my microphone again. Matt is gonna join us now. Matt was my very first guest at WBY, and so he was on back, and that would be March third, maybe. I'll I'll go check out from uh, from twenty. I think I have that interview here. In fact, I played the I played that interview from five years ago. Let me see if I got here. Matt 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 Gates Matt Phoebe. How many guys? How got? Yeah, it was March second. So that was my second show, my second show ever on WBY um, back in twenty seventeen, and he was the cleaning guy. He had a cleaning company. And I just thought he was really interesting. So I started talking to him, you know, while he was doing stuff. I said, well, you to be my first guest. He's like, yeah, okay. So his big idea, and it was fascinating, was that Congress should not um, go to Washington. They should stay in their district. You know, with the, the Zoom calls, with the everything we have right now, uh, there's no reason for members of Congress to go to Washington. They should spend, well, maybe once in a while, but they should spend most of their time in the district talking to real people. And I thought that was an interesting idea. I wasn't quite in trade route, and I wasn't for the same reason But a caller Uh, called in and said, well, it's it's better that they go to D.C. because they need to meet and chat and exchange ideas and do things you really can't do you know, when you're by yourself in your district. And I agree with that, too. So that's not the real problem with Congress, but it was an interesting thought. The real problem with Congress is they're power-hungry, they're a deep state, they think they're a separate entity to us, they don't believe that that they're part of the United States. In fact, they are part of an article I'm going to write called The Nation of Government. So Washington is an actual country. (laughs) It's a nation within the United States. Individually operating with its own defensive forces, its own police force, uh, its own taxes, its own border, its own passport, practically. But it's a separate police force. All right. So, again, you know, talking just by myself is not a whole lot of fun. So I might might end the show a little bit earlier simply because uh, it gets kind of dull, just me chatting away here. So let's talk about a couple things that that have been going on. And I think I mentioned these earlier. The the thing that Jonathan – I wanted to talk with Jonathan about was this whole idea of, of Ron DeSantis. You know, and everybody's, uh, you look at station like a Newsmax, allegedly conservative, but they're pushing, they're pushing DeSantis. They're pushing anybody but Trump. You know, I guess because Chris Ruddy, the head of it, has told everybody uh, that they have to say that the election was free and fair. And I know that because I was watching Eric Bowling on Newsmax, and he actually said, we've been told to say the election was, you know, was free and fair. And, which means I know he doesn't believe it, so I'm going to see if I can get on with him at some point on Newsmax. But uh, they—they're definitely pushing the DeSantis line and they're pushing anything that makes Trump look bad. Okay, well, that's not what a news place is supposed to do. Unless you're like us, oh, we're subjective here. We're not objective. There's nothing objective about Action Radio. I mean, I want to connect Action Radio with the Trump campaign. You know, and I think that's the—he is the single best person in the country today um, to get us away from the Brandon insurrection. He's got the—he's got the courage to do it. And he's got the vision to do it. And this is something I wanted to talk about John, with, with Jonathan, is the, the biggest difference between Trump and DeSantis. DeSantis is going to make a great president, maybe. He's going to certainly make a good president. I don't know if you make a great president, but you make a good president because you've got courage he is one of the essential elements of, of a president. You've got to have the courage of your convictions. You've got to have the courage to stand up against the leftists. You've got to have the courage to do the right thing when everybody says you're doing the wrong thing. If you absolutely believe it's the right thing, that takes courage because you're going against the flow. All right? but the other thing a president has that I don't think the has yet, although he certainly might develop it, is vision. Vision to me is the most important thing of a president. Where do you see the country going? What are your plans for the future? What's uh, what's the grand scheme? What's uh, you know? The, forget the nuts and bolts stuff. You know, uh, Jimmy Carter was uh, the ruin of him was that he, he concentrated on nuts and bolts issues. You know, like uh, setting the tennis court schedule of the White House, and he forgot the big picture. You know, the country's hurting. You know, you know, th- don't say Malays. don't say the country's in the Malays, or the country's going to be in the Malays. So he didn't understand the big picture because he didn't have vision. He had policies, but that's different. So anybody, everybody has policies and, and every party gives a, gives a platform. But how many people really have vision? Ronald Reagan had vision. He envisioned a smaller government, a prosperous nation, a patriotic nation, uh, a nation, you know, that could defend itself against Russia. In fact, he, you know, that would so dominate Russia, it would never be a threat. That was a vision. John Kennedy had vision. You know, he envisioned us going to the moon and doing great things and daring great adventures and being a better country and better people. That was a vision. Donald Trump had a vision, making America great again in all the ways that that happens. So, you know, from economic prosperity to national pride to uh, everything from foreign policy, the military, you know, and all the places we're going to go and explore and, and do and just be better, be actually unify this nation, get away from the race wars. That are instituted. Trump has vision, so Trump has both vision and courage. This is why I support him. All right. So he has the courage to follow his convictions, and he has the vision to, to have convictions. And that's why they hate him. <laughs> you know, they hate him because you're not going to corrupt an honest man. You're not going to corrupt uh, somebody that uh, is not in it for the money. This is why I think the president should be rich. No, you, don't, you know they're not going to be bribed because they don't care. They've already got money. He's already, Trump's already got more money than he knows what to do with. He'll never have to worry about money. Well, that's a good thing. I worry about the people in Congress that do have to worry about money because they're, they're able to be bribed. You know, that's how that works. All right. So we had the Twitter censorship thing. Uh, this is fascinating how deep it goes. I found something. Where did I find this? Uh, this is from conservative brief from Carmine Savia. Twitter ban of Trump came after pressure from Michelle Obama. And uh, that is why well, I didn't know she's so engaged in politics. So there's a tweet from former First Lady Michelle Obama apparently played a major role in having former president, actually current president, Donald Trump, removed from Twitter, the new installment of the Twitter files has shown. Twitter files being what's <laughs> – Elon Musk is releasing everything. It's really kind of fascinating. You know, if you had uh, – in fact, this has happened. I remember in, uh, when I was studying rhetoric in college. Apparently, there was some technical sergeant that just stamped everything. Just release it all. And apparently, all the historians went crazy for all the things we learned about the, the Nixon and, and Carter administrations. All right. So, there's is a tweet from former First Lady Michelle Obama. Apparently, played a major role and having former president, well, yeah, right. Donald Trump removed from Twitter. Oh, I read that. I'm sorry. Elon Musk and journalist Michael Schellenberger unveiled the fourth set of, quote, Twitter files on Saturday, and they showed communications by the company's executives between January 6th and 8th, 2021. Oh, yeah. January 6th did not end with January 6th. It's, It's still going on. It was a process, right? It says, after the events of January 6th, the internal and external pressure on Twitter CEO, uh, Jack uh, that's uh, Jack Darcy Grove, former first lady, Michelle Obama, tech journalist Shara Swisher, and then we've got some other people here, Chris Saka and, and many others publicly called on Twitter to permanently ban Trump. Well, they can't do that. And here's what's interesting, too, is that these people in government are more loyal um, to, uh, to party and, and to party members than they are actually to uh, you know, to so the person in charge, I mean, the disloyalty to Trump shown by members of the Trump administration is staggering. Why he didn't fire all those people. I don't know. It makes no, it, it, there's no reason for me to keep the people that he kept. They all should have been fired. They all should have been gotten rid of. And if you mean, if that means getting rid of 80% of the federal government, then it means you get rid of 80% because those are the people that are holding up anybody that didn't follow a Trump directive that was in the federal government, unless they had a valid reason, they want to challenge it. But they, if they didn't want to do it just because it came from Trump, they should have been fired immediately. Anyway, so we'll see how far this goes. But the idea that members of the government, subordinate to the president, that work for the president, can give, you know, orders to Twitter to get Trump off Twitter when he's the president, coming actually from government underlings, that's staggering. That shows these people have way too much power, and they all need to be fired. First thing. All right, see so what else I got here for 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 news and stuff. Uh, those are the big ones. I was asking a question earlier: uh, Can the Supreme Court? still pick up the Texas elections case. I wish they would. we got that other one, the, the, the Harold B. Moore one. That's sometime this week, maybe today. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, the Brunson v. Adams case, I've already gone over. That's going to be very interesting also to follow uh, that. Uh, now, Piaget talks regularly about the convention of states. And he talks about the the, the, the power that, that the states have that they should have over the federal government. And I agree that they should, but I'll just make my basic argument now. and I'll make more detail on the, you know, later on. My basic argument is that it's too fatally flawed. That this can easily be taken over by the leftists, by the leftist states, and that they can turn it into a, a constitutional convention and come up with a completely new document. You know, the rights that you have, your right to health care, your right to food, your right to schooling, your right to the property of everybody else. And okay, that's going to be the end of this country. That's going to be the death of, of the Constitution. But that's what I think happens if you get a constitutional convention. And then people say, but Greg,
0: huh.
1: yes, but Greg. It only counts if, uh, if three-quarters of the states vote for it. And three-quarters of the states are not going to vote for those nasty things. Well, if an election can be stolen, I get news for you. A voter on a constitutional amendment can be stolen just as easily. All right? Are you willing to risk – this is an argument I'll be making Wednesday, too. Are you willing to risk your Constitution on a flawed election procedure – that can steal the vote on constitutional amendments just as easily as they can steal the vote and put Brandon in the White House when everybody knows that there's no way he could beat Donald Trump in a fair election. That's impossible. There's no way that can happen unless Trump did so so many horrendous things. But you see, here's the problem with Trump. Trump is not running as himself. People are not voting against Trump because of who Trump is. People are voting against the media-created image of Trump. That's the big problem. They're voting against a ghost. They're voting against what they think, or who they think Trump is, not based on who he really is. Because who he really is is a smart business guy, makes a lot of good decisions. You know, studies everything, learns everything, uh, and uh, and then, then they finally acts. Now he makes mistakes. You know, Fauci, um, the whole pandemic uh, plan they adopted until you know, but the original plans were good. So he's got the right instincts. He just needs to follow them. So that's a different situation. All right. Cover that, cover that, cover that, and I mean, I've covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover. And so let's uh, let's hold up here, uh, unless somebody calls me and wants to to discuss things further. But let's hold up here for now. And I think we're on a, I think we're on a good start. We got Jonathan in, we got uh, uh, Dorothy, and anyway, we covered a whole bunch of different topics. And I pretty much set us up for the convention of states. Again, if if you think that the convention of states elections. You know, for constitutional amendments, are going to be honest. I got, I got a message coming for you. So here, let me give you my solution right now, and then uh, this will make more sense. So currently, the Constitution says. In fact, let me actually have. Uh, I'm going to, have to get my amendment. i am working on the constitutional amendment to clear this up. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Hang on. I know it's close by. It may not make sense yet because I'm still writing it. But uh, the, way con- the, the, the way the Fifth Amendment now, uh, the Section 5, the Article 5 of the Constitution says the Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to the Constitution or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments, which in either case shall be valid to all intents and purposes as parts of this Constitution. So what they're the saying is the, the, the Congress – can take up uh, amendments individually, all right? The Congress can take up events individually, and they can then um, make those amendments to the Constitution and send them to the states for ratification. But the states can't do that, and this is where I think the flaw is. The states have to propose their amendments in a convention with other states. Well, that's wrong. Why can't a state propose? Say a state proposes, uh, what's, a, what's a good one? Oh, my my favorite one, constitutional uh, um ban on Congress from borrowing money. So it says Congress will no longer have the power to borrow money. Okay. So that's it. So if one state ratifies that zip, yep, this is what we want. And they, they go on other states and say, Hey, let's, let's take away the power of Congress to borrow money. And states are like, yeah, that's a great idea. And the left is left of states are like, nah, that's a terrible idea. Anyway, well, let's say that the, uh, the states that want to ratify that get three quarters, like 38 states is three quarters. So they get the 38 states, and then they send, they send it to Congress. And if Congress you know, does two-thirds of each house, then it's ratified. It becomes part of the Constitution. If Congress doesn't do two-thirds, then it dies. Even one house could kill it. So you've got to have all the components. You want to make this as difficult as possible, but not impossible. You'll make it difficult so you don't get frivolous things put in the Constitution anyway. But that's how that would work. And so you'd have, uh, you have a situation where you know, the states would ratify individually, and it has to be verbatim. Okay. It has to have a verbatim amendment, so that when one state ratifies something, everything down to the comma, down to the punctuation is identical. Otherwise, it's not a consistent amendment. So, if 38 states ratify an exact amendment, and then it goes to the Congress, and two thirds of the Congress pass it, that'd be okay. So that way, you get around the convention. See, the convention is the problem, not the states taking power, not the states ratifying, not the states, uh, um, you know, passing constitutional amendments. The problem is is in the the convention itself. That's what the problem is. So I had a neat little thing here where I, I took out a couple of sections on the calling for the Constitutional Convention uh, and where the states proposed for ratification, and I'm going to write it up so it makes sense. So that way you'll see exactly what the, what the situation is, and that's how that works. All right.
0: So, what
1: else I want to cover this one? I think that's pretty much it. You never know, I always find something new. Brittany Griner, I haven't really talked about her because I don't care, especially since he's a dude. You know, so you've got Mr. Brittany Griner that was released – you know, in exchange for a, you know, gun-raving mad. What about gun control? How come the Democrats, you know, it's like they believe in gun control for American citizens, but not for Russian, you know, crooked arms dealers who kill Americans. So, so there's no gun control for them. Right. So, uh, again, hypocrisy knows no bounds. And that's pretty much it. Then Carrie Lake's lawsuit, which I don't know a whole lot about, but I think we'll find out fairly soon what's going on there. Anyway, so like I said, I'll stop a little bit early, and I'll, I'm going to talk to blog talk and see if I can figure out what's going on. Um, with my um, microphone or something, that I, I'm getting kicked out of the show, and I have to go my cell phone. I don't want to go my cell phone. I want a microphone. So I got into radio. I like using my mic. All right, so let's hold it up here. Greg Tangl here for Action Radio, the Action Radio Citizen Legislature. Phone number again: two one five three eight three three eight three two. We have uh, discount codes with uh, Great Care, with My Pillow, and with uh, Strikeforce Energy Drinks. It's all the same code: W I L. Uh, we have a Skype line. We have the live chat. And we have, um, I think, you know, I think it's about the only ways to reach us. And then if you want to help us out here, then you've got to give, dot slash action radio or paypal.com slash paypal.me slash action radio. And that should do it. Play a couple more things, and I'll be out here for today, back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Central Time. It was 8 a.m. today um, because when Heather can make it, we like, you know, she, we have her on the later time. But uh, otherwise, then um, we'll go back to the regular time. Uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow, Tuesday, and tomorrow, and then 6 in the morning, Saturday. So that's, that's how that goes. All right. Back tomorrow. I'll see you then. Have fun. Enjoy. And until then, uh, if you want to be active, do something. Don't just sit there. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis.